Tracy. You hated Tracy? I hated Tracy. He was not as cool as Brock. I hate Tracy. Like, I don't hate Tracy, but he's definitely not cool. Yeah. Tracy, like, I think you told me you were, like, watching Pokemon one day, and you're like, oh, I'm so excited to watch Pokemon. Then all of a sudden, like, you saw an episode, uh, and you were like, who the fuck is this guy with short hair? That's exactly my reaction. He sucks. I was literally like, who is that? Where's Brock? Yeah. Yeah, this guy's such a he's such a wet blanket loser, such a milk toast yeah. dork. Because I don't know if like kids today, like if they just binge watch everything, so they probably have the chance because everything's on on Netflix or other streaming services. They're like, oh, like I've watched the you know Adventure Time you know ten times. I can put it on like randomized now, and mm-hmm. I know where I'm at. Um, but they could watch it in order. But like you know, you were when you were a kid, you just. And things were on TV and there were no streaming services, you had to watch whatever was on TV. And if you missed an episode and didn't record it on the VCR, it was like, oh, I, I missed like five episodes. Wait, who's this character now? Yep. What's going on? What happened yeah. to Brock? Yep. He's just gone now. Yep. I think that was, if I had the ability to watch it all at once and I got to see like Brock leaving, it probably would have softened the blow. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing about Pokemon is there's no easy way to watch everything in order. Mm-hmm. You can watch like the first series on Netflix and you can watch like the current one, I think. Um, but otherwise, can't really watch it. They have like a Pokemon TV website, but I don't think it has everything on it which really sucks like i I feel like i don't want like you know because i think funimation bought crunchyroll so i don't want more you know uh more of a uh uh, i don't remember what it's called conglomerate yeah i don't i don't want us the the downsizing i don't remember what it's called whatever the verb um i don't want that to happen with like every anime but it would be nice if like Pokemon sold their rights to one of the streaming services like HBO Max since they, you know, have the English broadcasting rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they were like, hey, you know, you can watch every single series on HBO Max. Yeah, Yeah. that would that would be a big selling point. People love Pokemon. It's like a thousand episodes, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's just of the Ash show um yeah there's like spinoffs we yeah. get spinoffs every so often mm-hmm. yeah every couple of years they try a new one that doesn't quite work but you know you could say we've got 10 pokemon shows and a thousand episodes of the ash and pikachu show so yeah and and then you get all the movies too there's like That'd a dozen cool. pokemon movies i, I, I looked up the movies and there were like Almost like 20 at this point. Yeah, it felt like they were coming out at a pretty, like, regular slow pace for a while. Like, one every two years. But then at a certain point, I think they stopped trying to put them into theaters. And they were just, like, cranking them out on on home video. Well, they release in theaters in Japan. Oh, they do? Yeah. But they, I don't think they release in theaters in the United States anymore. I think because they just realized, you know, this is probably diminishing returns yeah um the audience might not go see that which they might actually now i mean the um the new dragon ball super movie uh did really well it was like the number one movie in the world when it first came out i mean nothing was releasing then but Mm -hmm. you know and that that was smart on them to be like hey you know we're gonna release after thor we're gonna release after all the big summer movies there's Mm -hmm. gonna be like a nice gap and we can be like Hey, go to the theater and watch Dragon Ball. 
But Dragon Ball... Pokemon's not Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball's had a pretty continuous story. Pokemon has had people... Pokemon's had, like, a pretty continuous story. It's all Ash. But not, like... You know, people who watch Dragon Ball have been watching it their whole lives. I think sure, I most guess. people who watch Pokemon watched for, like, one or two series or yeah, seasons. Yeah, there was your series and... Now, yeah. You know. It's more generational. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you can release something that sort of circumvents that, like Detective Pikachu, where it's not really a generational yeah. thing. It's just like, here's a new Pokemon thing that's kind of disconnected from everything else. Like, Detective Pikachu was a big hit. A lot of people went to see that. Yeah, the... Um, looks like the last movie came out in 2020. The last Pokemon movie? Yeah, Secrets of the Jungle, which is the... Uh, which is a Generation 8 movie and is the 23rd uh, Pokemon movie. And also, it's in a, like, alternate timeline from the TV show. Um, like, the uh, the first one was, like, the I Choose You movie. Mm-hmm. If you remember that one, it, like, retold uh, the first, like, season or, like, yeah. the first couple episodes. That's the one where Pikachu talks. yeah. Just for that one part, though, I mm-hmm. think. And then there was uh, the sequel to that is uh, The Power of Us, which I don't know anyone who saw that. I don't know anyone who's even talked about that. Yeah. I literally know nothing about those movies other than that scene where Pikachu talks. Yeah. Like, the most recent one in the like current timeline was Volcan- Volcanion and then Mecha- Mechanical Marvel, which Volcanion is not even like a... Like, a very interesting Pokemon. I don't know who that is. It's a thing with, like, a giant... Looks like a portal on its back. Is that a picture of it? Yeah, you don't really have a good idea. That's a Pokemon? Yeah. Oh, okay, I see it. Mm -hmm. That's fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's not like the other Pokemon that are cool. Yeah, like Klefki? Yeah, like Klefki. Or, like, Magneton. Those are cool Pokemon. Yeah. Those aren't stupid. <laughs> those are those are the good ones. Yeah. There's a very clear line of cool Pokemon and stupid Pokemon, and it's when I stopped liking them. Nose pass. Now that's a cool Pokemon. <laughs> that's a somewhat controversial Pokemon, isn't it? Is it? I think it's considered anti-Semitic. I don't remember anyone saying that. I mean, because I know it's a big nose Pokemon, but it's... It's like a based on a Maori head with a big nose. Isn't it based on yeah, like an Easter Island head? Yeah, and I mean, I don't think anybody was like, oh, Jewish. I think they were just like, oh, uh, it's a Maori head. Oh, he's cute. Yeah. Um, looking at and the then, Have you seen the evolved form? Isn't it Mega Nose? It's Probo Pass. <laughs> it's Steel type, like Proboscis. Uh, yeah. Scroll up, and you should be able to see... Wait, hold on, there's trivia. Oh, um, okay. Oh, Nosepass is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of 375. Nice. Um, I'm just seeing if... Trying to see if there's any controversy. No? Okay. I don't think they have any... Like, the most... They, I think, pretty much straight away from doing anything too controversial. I think the last thing that was controversial was Jinx. Yeah. There's not really any 
any controversial Pokemon anymore. Look, look at, at look at Provo Pass. He looks. What does he look like? It's like a guy with with uh, with nose hair. Looks like he's got a big mustache. Yeah, it's funny. I liked. Uh, I missed the gen the generation where they did Pokemon that were male and female in the games had slightly different models. I really liked that. Yeah, I think that was like four when they started to do that. I wish they would have stuck with that. Yeah, they they still do it every so often, but it's it's not as like prevalent. I imagine because it's probably a pain in the butt to be like, oh hey, this this one is you know a different color. Obviously, it'd probably just be like a palette swap, but you know if you're thinking about that creatively, it's probably like. You know, we could just just use the same model. Yeah, it saves time. And you got to draw twice as many. But it's like I even like the female Provo Pass uh, make the nose hair like ten percent smaller. Even a little detail like that, I would appreciate. But sure, that's more work. So yeah, I just thought it was a cool idea that I wish they would have stuck with. Because I remember when when my friend pointed that out to me in that generation, all I wanted to do was see the different. Um, very variations on. Uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of cute when they're like, "Here's a female Geodude and uh, they just put on a bow on it. It's funny. <laughs> That's I, but they don't do that in the games though. Yeah, I wanted it in the games. It'd be nice if you could accessorize your Pokemon more often. Yeah, like I know they did the contests and Generation Three, but you could never bring out like the Pokemon outside, uh, like with their accessories. Outside of the contest, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be nice to be like, oh, I've got a Pikachu and I put, you know, a ribbon on its on its ear. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to fight you. In battle, it shows up. When you trade it, it keeps it. Like, that, yeah. that would be another layer of customability that I think. Yeah. That'd be nice. Who wouldn't like that? What yeah. Pokemon fan would complain about that? Yeah, you don't have to do it. Yeah. That I would suppose be... people would be like, why did I get a, a Dusclops with a... With a a uh, key ring on? This sucks. Uh, this is literally the worst Pokemon. And because game. it's, like, owned by another person, I can't get rid of it. Yeah, there'd be some shit like yeah. that. Where it's like, if you're traded a Pokemon with a different um, clothing garment, they have to keep it or whatever. Yeah, because it's, it's not yours. Yeah. Yeah. Which people will complain about. Yeah, so I'm sure that they're just whatever. Anyway... Should we, yeah, enough about Pokemon, we should probably start this thing. You don't want to talk about Snivy more? Snivy? Snivy. Snivy. Yeah, why would it be Snivy? It's a grass type of yeah. Or Servine? Let's see evolve form. We, no, I want to talk about the, the, talk about the show. Okay, then should we. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the show that everybody knows. <laughs> The Infinite Pixels Podcast. Whoa. I'm Jordan, and this is... Whoa. My name is Ryan. Are you a ghost? Yes. It's close to spooky season. You could be a ghost. This game we played was a little spooky. A little bit. I mean, not exactly. What do, what do we play, Ryan? We played Grim Fandango from 1998. 94. Five, I think I was wrong when I said that. From 1995, Grim Fandango. I think. A PA home computer adventure game. Yeah, that we played on a PS4. No, it's, it's from 98. Oh, I am wrong. Speaking of spooky season, it was released on October 30th, 1998. Man, they don't do that anymore. Here comes a sneeze. Nope, I lost it. Let's continue talking about Grim Fandango. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you talk. <laughs> well, this is my game, but are you are you able to... 
to describe Grim Fandango to me? How would you describe Grim Fandango? I would start by describing two things. It's a game from 1998 for... So it's old. It's old. It's all... It's uh, 20 years old. It's older than 20 years old. And it's... uh, is a point-and-click adventure game. Although the version I played, and I'm assuming you played as well, was on a console. So yeah. it's, it's more like a walk-around and, and push-a-button adventure game. Well, actually, this is a walk-around and push-a-button game because originally the game had tank controls. Oh, it wasn't point-and-click? No. Oh, that's surprising. Um, I believe it had tank controls. The, um, the uh, version... That we're playing on the PS4, you can go into the menu and you can change it to have tank controls. Yes, we played the remastered version. And there's a um, there's a trophy in the game for actually just playing it, um, uh, just all the way through, uh, all the way through. Excuse me. With tank controls. Sorry. There's a lot of uh, interesting seeming trophies for this game. In fact. The first note that I made about this game, um, the tone of it is is very unique, and it's just kind of a story-based game. For that reason, I didn't find um, the notification on the screen that I got a trophy to be too intrusive, okay. uh, as can some kind, sometimes be with other games where you're playing, you're into the story or whatever, and then you get a little ba-ding, and it says, you got the achievement, or you got the trophy, and it's like, just let me play the fucking game. Did you... I don't think you can turn off trophy notifications, but you can turn off the sound it makes. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I okay. That requires a small amount of effort, so that's just too much to ask. <laughs> okay. Um. But uh. But yeah, this is a game made by a double fine, uh, who back in the day made such hits as uh. Did they, what did, hang on. They didn't do Secret of Monkey. No. No. Originally it was made by LucasArts who did um, the the uh, Monkey Island games. It was mm-hmm. not made by Double Fine originally. Double Fine owes it now because it, one of the key figures on the game was Tim Schafer. Um, and Tim Schafer uh, was originally a, a, a developer, uh, writer at LucasArts, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this was, like, one of his babies. So uh, uh, when it was going to come out, like this remaster that we're playing, um, uh, he actually got help to acquire the rights because Disney bought Lucasfilm in, what was that, 2014, 2015? I think, I think it was, like, 2013. Yeah. Maybe okay. 2012 almost. And, I mean... What does Disney have used for 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 Grim uh, Fandango? Grim Fandango. Yeah, like, I can see why they sold the rights. A that. commercial failure. <laughs> um, so uh, they they got the rights back for Grim Fandango, and actually, uh, it wasn't available anywhere for the longest time. Like you couldn't get it on Steam, mm. uh, you couldn't get it on Good Old Games or anything. Um, so this remaster was a way for them to to allow. Um, people to play it who had not had the chance to beforehand. And uh, not only did it allow people to play it uh, with like remastered 
updated graphics. There is a setting in the game that you could uh, turn on where you get the original graphics from the 1998 release. Really? I don't think I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I looked at um, the comparison. Like The original 1998 graphics had less lighting effects, less shadows. Okay. Uh, the remastered version, there's parts where you're standing in front of Venetian blinds and they're hitting you in like, uh, you know, you can see the shadow of the blinds. Is that um, the original? No, that's the new one. The okay. original did not have effects like that. Okay. But, you know, still, you know, the same art style. They just added a little bit more flavor with the remastered graphics. Okay. Which is interesting. But uh, I liked playing it with... I played it for a little bit with the, the 1998 graphics, and it still looked, like, pretty good for 1998. Yeah. Um, it's actually... Uh, the What's also included on this uh, version is a developer commentary track. Mm. Um, and uh, it's... Um, a lot of the developers who worked on it, uh, including Tim Schafer, um, and you can press like L1 when you're on a scene, um, and they'll talk for a little bit about the scene. Um, and it can last from anywhere from like 10 seconds to like a couple minutes. Hmm. Um, and, uh, the one thing I remember them saying is this, this engine in this, uh, game is kind of like a mutt, uh, because, uh, it's using a lot of assets um, and tools from a lot of different LucasArts games. Like it's got like bits and pieces of like uh, the Scum Engine, which is used for um, Monkey Island, uh, and uh, it's got like some stuff from the Jedi Knight games. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a of a weird um, game, and it's also because it's their first 3D game that LucasArts did as a point and click game. Um, the first three D point and click game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like it's a bit weird there too, because um, uh, you know, like all the previous one had been two D, and I mean, doing two D from going from two D to three D is it's kind of like difficult to wrap your head around. Like mm-hmm. if you know, haven't done it. We've been doing it for years, like just playing video games, but you know that jump for a lot of people was like, whoa. Yeah, you know, that's. I didn't think about that, but this was that era where it was 2D games were considered, like, old school, and 3D was the new thing that everyone was trying to make work. Uh, or, you know, in some cases making it work, in some cases making it super janky. Um, but if you're going to pivot from 2D to 3D, I think a point-and-click game is a really good genre to try to do that with. Because um, whether it is... And a point-and-click game that's in 2D or in 3D, it's it has to rely a lot on presentation. Uh, more, I mean, every game does to an extent, but especially with games like this, um, you know, uh, Grim Fandango's presentation actually reminded me of like the, resi- the original uh, Resident Evil, mm-hmm. because every time you go to a new scene, the camera angle changes. So really. The, the presentation is different every single scene. Every area is a new way to look at the game you're playing. Um, and they really take <clears throat> a lot of good advantage of that in this game. Uh, you know, right from the first screen, you're standing behind... <clears throat> your character is standing behind, like, a desk in their office. And everything is laid out like it's a little mini diorama. And when you walk out, uh, it's cuts to a hallway and again it's like a diorama and light is coming in from different areas you can see different things happening in the scenes uh 
it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, and it takes full advantage of uh, presenting you with something every time. Uh, yeah. so it's really, really well done. It's not always, it doesn't always work for the game because I know that there's some areas where the camera is really, really zoomed out. Yeah. So you, you, um, you're looking at the, at the diorama that it's placing you in and you're like, okay, where do I need to go? Because you're, you're, you're looking at that scene and there, you know, unlike a point and click adventure game where you can be like, okay, like I can, um, I can click on an area and my character will move to it. This game, you have to control Manny, uh, the protagonist, and um, you're doing it, you know, with the analog stick in this case, or you know, your arrow keys, and uh, trying to figure out, like, okay, can I move to this corner because this is where like a doorway is, mm-hmm. and it might be lit in a really awkward way, so you might not know that I need to move over to this doorway, um, and there might be something in that door that you're missing because you need to complete a puzzle. So that, that can be annoying. I know that there were some areas, especially in the, in the second area of the game where I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't really know where to, where to go here. Yep. And with that too comes orientation. You're moving your character, Manny from one screen to another, and you're pushing straight on the analog stick. And then the camera cuts and the angle at which you're looking at Manny is a different angle, so you're pushing straight, but now, based on Manny's orientation, straight on the analog stick is left. Yeah. So he starts going left, and it, it can be a little frustrating at times, but that's kind of like a... The things that we're talking about are sort of like a product of the genre and a product of uh, the time at which the game came out. Yeah, and thankfully, like you mentioned Resident Evil. It's not like Resident Evil. It's not an action game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Resident Evil, like... You, you might turn a corner like that, and then, because your orientation's now um, been messed up, you're going to miss a shot on a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, it's just, oh, I just need to reorient, reorient myself for a second, and it might take a second, and then I'm done. You know? yeah. and, and would you describe the pace of this game as, like, leisurely? Yeah, um, the, it is. It's because uh, this game's big... Um, uh, big uh, style is heavily influenced by noir. Um, so, like, noir, that genre is very, like, cool and very, uh, you know, slow-paced and, like, you know, we gotta we gotta go through every little fine bit of detail and, you know, we're smoking cigarettes and yeah. we're, and we're uh, um, drinking whiskey. Like, it's, it's very laid back. And that, that feels like this style or this game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And not only with the pace of it, um, but, you know, the presentation. Like I mentioned, right from the start, you're presented with, like, these Venetian blinds that have, like, a, the cl- some kind of classic noir lighting and shadows on you. Um, Manny, the character model for Manny, if he's uh, left idle for too long, he'll pull out a cigarette and start smoking it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, the story is sort of like this web of conspiracy and mystery. There's a, you know, pursuit of a kind of mystery woman. It's, it's yeah. very noir in all those different kinds of ways. Yeah, I've never seen Casablanca, but I know from listening to commentary, they were very inspired by a lot of, uh, a lot of noir. Like, they would go out and just, like, watch movies mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, what can we get for research? Yeah. So the second act of this game is very Casablanca. Okay. Um, you know, Manny 
the main character is even wearing a white suit. <clears throat> the main character in Casablanca wears a white suit for a lot of it. So okay. it's, it's very, um, very, very much influenced by that. I think even originally this game was going to be in black and white. Really? Um, or maybe it was first developed in black and white. And then mm-hmm. at some point they switched over to color. That's very interesting. Um, the style of this game would be, I mean, the the main characters are essentially in black and white because a lot of yeah. them are skeletons. Yeah. Uh, that's something else we should mention is that the this game takes place in the land of the dead. Yes, it, uh, you play as uh, Manny Calavera, who is uh, voiced by. I did have their voice actor. I wrote Manny Calavera's voice actor down as well. Tony. Uh, Tony. Tony Plana. P L A N A. It's um. It's uh the uh you might know him as the dad of Ugly Betty. From Ugly Betty. I never watched America Ferreira's uh, vehicle for a little while. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, a really fun thing uh, is that uh, uh, America Ferreira is now on a, a new show called Superstore. I don't know if it's still going. Um, uh, but uh, her dad in that is also played by Tony Pena. Really? The Pena. It's yeah. the same it's, actor playing her dad in a different yes. show? Wow. Yeah. They must... That, that had to have been intentional. I'm, I'm sure it's intentional. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, he's great as Manny. Yeah. And uh, and also, the the mystery woman in this uh, is... Um, uh, now I didn't write her name down, because I'm dumb. Uh, it's the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes, we should look up her name. Uh, but she's the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. She was also Hot Girl in the Justice League animated TV show... Uh, she's done a bunch of stuff. Hot girl? Yeah, I think you said girl. hot girl. Hot girl, the famous character. Hey, real quick, can we pause? I, I'm going to have diarrhea. <laughs> like, do you want me to blow, cut that out? No, that's fine. Just uh, I need to go use the bathroom. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Okay, and we're back. I apologize for that. I, no, that's fine. Please leave in, leave in what I said before we stopped recording. I probably won't. Oh, I wish you would, but that's well, fine. Well, that's fine. Uh, um, I, can I say real quick? Uh, yeah. The voice actress for the femme fatale character in the game is Maria Canals Barrera. Okay. So we looked that up. Yeah, we wanted to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, was the uh, the mom on Wizards of Waverly Place, Waverly Place? Yes, and she was also Hawk Girl on the Justice League TV show. Yeah. So, so yeah, everyone. There's a ton of good voice actors in this game. Yeah, like literally, we could probably list every performance, and it would yeah. be. Uh, it's something. it's a character game, mm-hmm. um, very very much. So like, um, the last game we played, Control. It's pretty much just like, like that. You know, that game has good actor actors and actresses, like the um, uh, like Jesse. Uh, and Darling are really good in that game. And I would, to like, uh, maybe, uh, like, uh, the, um, the director, the former director, Trench is good. Like, pretty much everybody else in that game is pretty, like, one note and, like, not, like, bad, but it's just, like, okay, like, you're an actor. Um, but, like, this game is, like, oh, like, everybody's, like, playing, like, a, like, a character, like, capital C character. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a different kind of tone, a different kind of story than, than yeah. control. Like I don't think a character like um uh, uh what's the sidekick's name? Gladys. Yeah, I don't think a character like Gladys would have fit in control. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Um but I, I think Manny is like the perfect 
video game protagonist. He's because, good. Yeah, his his tone is really good. Yeah, I like his his entrance because uh, um, the entrance, you know, because it's the line of the dead. Is uh, is he's in a Grim Reaper um, outfit, uh, and um, his job is to sell um, travel packages uh, for traveling through the land of the dead. Because when you he talks about like you know everybody has to get to the end of the land of the dead, which is uh, the ninth uh, underworld. They're in the eighth underworld, and um, he's in this big old like Grim Reaper outfit, and then uh, after he's done selling his uh, selling a, a travel um, a travel package to the first character that you meet in the game, um, he like. Unzip his, unzips his Grim, Fan, uh, Grim, Fandango, Grim Reaper outfit, uh, and uh, he like steps out of it because he's on uh, he's on stilts because mm-hmm. uh, he's actually really short. Yeah, it's, it's a funny reveal. Yeah, and it's a good uh, it's a memorable introduction to his character. Yeah, sets up that he's like a Grim Reaper only in like look alone. It's it, he's a Grim Reaper, but he's really not. <laughs> yeah, know? he's uh, it, it's. It is very much like a you know a a, a noir like detective salesman like type guy who's like you know I'm uh, I have this this other persona that I put on for mm-hmm. everybody you know right it's it's there's there's more to me than this job or whatever yeah uh, and his his job is to be a grim reaper he uh, tries to sell people travel packages to get to the ninth circle, like you said. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, he doesn't ever get anything good. Uh, most of his clients, which are dead people, uh, he can't get them, uh, a good travel package to the ninth, uh, underworld. Yeah. It's not like you can, if you lived a good life, then you can get a travel package that's like a bus to the ninth under, underworld, or a plane, or a train, or whatever. They don't have planes in the underworld. Oh, there's don't. no, there's no planes. I, I remember uh, on the commentary, Tim Schafer's like, "Why is there no planes in the underworld?" There's uh, like if you look at the entrance to the uh, to the um, building that he's in, mm-hmm. it has like the train, um, the uh, the bus. I think it's a train, uh, and like the boat. And, um, and, uh, there's, there's only like, you know, those are like the three main ways. And then like Manny is stuck selling like the lesser known stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in the, in the beginning, first person he sells it is the package to, um, he he sells him a walking stick. Um, Mr. Mr. uh, Mr. Flores. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, I, I, that's funny, because um, like later on too, they, they he like he encases a guy in uh, in like a coffin with like packing foam. Yeah, to uh, that's the only thing that he can get for people. It does feel like he cares because he's because um, uh, he's like these are the only thing that I can get you, mm-hmm. um, and it feels because uh, later on we learn like oh, there might be something you know going on because he talks about you know he has like a uh, a, a business rival like. Domino, who is right next door to him, who gets, like, all the good packages, um, uh, and, like, your goal early on is, like, okay, like, I have to get a good package, otherwise I'm fired. Like, how can I do that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's, I think, uh, 
All of that stuff is set up in the first, what, like, five minutes. Yeah, what did what did you think? Because this is a point-and-click game. And I, um, I was going to say this. I used, like, a guide pretty liberally on this first two chapters. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a detriment to me. Even though I've played this before, like, um, it was like, oh, like, I'm reading ahead too much. Like, I need to just, like, slow down and, like, take the game in. Because there was definitely a couple parts, uh, like, in year two I was like, oh, I like, I, I did this too early. Sure. Because the guide I was reading was like, do this. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have even, like, I, w- I don't even know that I'm supposed to know about this yet. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought to do yeah. that. So well, I, I would say uh, this is a unique case for a game. Like, normally, I don't like to use guides unless I am, like, completely stuck. Yeah. Like, in Control, the last game we played, if there's a part where... I, like, just couldn't find my way around the map. If it's, like, a convenience thing where I can tell what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm just, for whatever reason, I can't find the mission or whatever, then I'll go to a guide. If I've been stuck on it for, like, two hours or an hour or whatever. Um, but with this game, I feel like adventure games, especially uh, point-and-click adventure games from this era, they're kind of the exception to the rule for me because it, it's sometimes can be hard to intuit what you're supposed to do because it can be so specific. Mm-hmm. Like, the way to progress in these kinds of games is to interact, make your character use one item uh, to interact with another item or another character, uh, or you have to find an item that you use on another item. Like, it's it's just... It can be a little, a little tough to discern. Yeah, and I can see in this game, because you don't have a mouse, you can't just, like click on something and be like, right. will he interact with this? Like, usually um, you'll click on something and, like, a character, like, in, in um, like, Dreamfall or something, it'll have, a, like, a, a uh, like, a menu come up and it'll have, like, an eye, mm-hmm. like, a, a hand, or, like, you know, just, like, a mouse pointer to be like, you can pick things up, you can look at it, uh, and then you can, like, walk over to it. Yeah. Um, and, and this... You, because we're playing on a PlayStation, it has like the X button, which is interact, uh, the B, the uh, circle button, which is pick up, the square button, which is a look at, and then your triangle is your inventory. Mm-hmm. And that works pretty well, uh, like control wise. Yeah. Um, I, I think as far as like the guide goes, um, I did not feel bad using a guide with this game. Like okay. I, so- I sometimes can, uh, but. The way I would play it was I would play the game normally, and if I got stuck, like, within five minutes, I, w- I would look okay. at I would not That's spend true. a lot of time. Because it's like, I know that I'm supposed to interact with this object, but I can't tell what I'm supposed to do. And then I would look yeah. at it and be like, okay, I probably wouldn't have figured that out on my yeah. own. Yeah, and I remember playing through this and getting stuck pretty hard on specific things. Mm-hmm. Like, even early on, um, there's a the pretty obvious part where um, uh, you're, you know, you're looking for, Hey, I need to go and, uh, and uh, go out early on. They tell you like, Hey, there's been a mass poisoning. You should go to this mass poisoning because you, you'll find somebody uh, who's dead, who you can sell a package to. Yeah. Manny can get a new client. Yeah. And um, the way that you're supposed to do that is you have to like, go into the garage, you find out that, uh, because you have a driver, you find out that your driver has been sent home 
early by your rival. So you walk over to like the garage and you meet the character Gladys, who's your sidekick throughout the game, and he's perfect. <laughs> he's yeah. a he's a demon who was created to drive, and that's the like only thing that he loves. He like he loves cars. He's like you know his idle animations are him making car sounds. Yeah. Um, and uh, his like second, he's like you know the only other thing that I might like is like tinkering. You know, but he was made to drive. He's a mechanic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you have to get a work order to make him your new driver um, and uh, or to outfit your car so that you can fit in it. Um, and uh, you have to go behind the building, uh, climb up some ropes, some ties, actually, to then go into your boss's office to, like, adjust his computer because he's he's like out for the day, um, and uh, and like make it, he set like automated messages like Ferris Bueller style, uh, and it's just like oh like uh, you have to pick the one that's like oh you just answer like sign whatever work order they gave you because I don't care you know <laughs> um, and uh, I remember early on when I first played it I didn't know you could climb up the ties. Because I looked outside and I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I walked around the office forever. I was like, where am I supposed to go? And then I'm like, oh, the ties in the background, I didn't know that I could walk up to them. Mm. Because I wasn't like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to go. I just thought they were like a thing that was blowing in the wind. Yeah, part of the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, so. these kinds of games, you, you can run in... You can run into that like as a problem. Like it, I think Grim Fandango. Maybe it's because I, we were both liberally using guides, or at least I was. Um, it's not as much of a problem, but I've definitely played games like this before, where you just go, "What am I supposed to do?" And you just click on everything, interact with everything. Yeah. Like these kinds of games, if you're stuck, your only option, other than using a guide, is to like comb every single Still corner of the game, use everything with everyone yep so uh and then with this yeah because it's like tank controls you don't have as much of a of a um free use to like do that i was so, not using tank controls when i played it yeah but you still have to use like an analog stick and yeah, walk around. yeah that's sure. that, i guess that's more what i mean mm-hmm. um, i mean honestly i prefer that because if i'm playing this clicking like a point and click game um then I would click on something in the background and watch the character walk as opposed to an analog stick where I'm always engaged. I, mean, I know with stuff, because I played a lot of point-and-click games because they're one of my favorite genres, hmm. um, the, a lot of times, if it's a good one, they don't even walk up to it. Like, the, the you know, you might click on something and they might just stand in place. Hmm. So you're like, okay, I can't walk over there. Sure. Um, and the best ones are ones that are just... Um, that have like really good environments that you're like, okay, like I can tell what everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, um, uh, I really like, uh, the, the Dreamfall games. They're, um, uh, like old, I think like the first one came out in like early two thousands. And then, uh, the second one was on like original Xbox. Uh, and then the third one came out like a few years ago as kickstarted. Uh, but they're all pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like but, pr- presenting uh, an environment that's yeah discernible. Like, oh, I can go here, and I'm not wasting time clicking yeah. around on stuff. At least, in, in in my opinion, I think they do a pretty good job about that. Nice. So, um, 
But what did you think about this this first area? It's like I I like this first area a lot. No, I think this is really really good. Um, because we, you and I played through the first two areas. Yeah. Because uh, the game is in four years. Yeah. We played through the first two years. It's uh, it's actually pretty uh, cool because um, because Manny says early on he gives like a foreshadowing. He's like, um, uh, and you don't realize it at the time. Uh, you know, he talks about you know you have to go on your your four year journey through the land of the dead mm-hmm. as you you know when he gives uh, the uh, walking stick to Mister Flores. Um, and it's like, it really is like his four year journey mm-hmm. through the land of the dead to get, uh, moving on to like the next life. Yeah. And, uh, we, we played through about half of it. And mm-hmm. I think, um, at the start of this journey, this first part, it, it's really, I enjoyed it a lot. It was really well designed. Um, it, it is a great point and click adventure game in the sense that, I, it lays everything out for you. It shows you who the characters are, what you can interact with, and then uh, tells you what you need to do. So it's like, yeah, this it, one, this first area feels pretty digestible. Go ahead. So. No, yeah, it, it's digestible. It seeds things well. Um, you know, there's a part when, uh, like, just the a small example, you uh, see your rival Domino. His name is Don Domino, which is a very fun name for a skeleton. Yeah. Um, but he's boxing in his office. He's just like exercising kind of. And he has a he has a mouth guard in and he takes it out to talk to you and then puts it back in. So you see it early on, and that's an item that you need later. And there's a lot of things like that where you just are shown them casually, and then at some point in the game you're told uh, you know, we need this, or I need this, or you have to do this, and you think, oh, I saw one of those, and you can go back, pick it up, and bring it, or you already have it in your inventory. Uh, I think this first area is littered with a lot of that kind of stuff. Did you think about way. that? Go ahead. No, just in a good okay. way. Did you think about that? Because I remember with that puzzle, later on in the game you meet some, like, revolutionaries, because it becomes fairly clear that there's a conspiracy within, uh, you're in the DOD, the Department of Death, Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's, it becomes clear that there's a conspiracy where somebody's like fixing these travel packages. Um, you meet a girl named, uh, Meche and she's like the femme fatale. She, you know, uh, always, the, 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 um, cliche is a, you know, a, a woman comes into an office of like a detective and she's like, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this, it's like, it's not that he needs she needs her his help. It's like, you know, she comes into his office and he's like, I'm going to help you. Like, I'm going to get you the, the, this good travel package. Cause she was, she was like a saint. You, mm-hmm. you, you messed with, um, uh, the, the, uh, server so that you could rig it to get the best possible candidate for yourself. Cause you were sick of getting bad, um, candidates and your boss is like, get a good, get a good sale or, we're, uh, we're going to fire you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Meche and, uh, um, she's, uh, she eventually leaves your office. Cause you're like, you're, you get called in your boss's office. He wants to yell at you. He's like, you stole Me- Meche from Don Domino. How dare you? Uh, and then when you go like back in, she's like, she left Manny, like, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, cause, uh, uh, and now like she was supposed to get a number nine ticket onto the train and now she's not going to get it. And now she's lost out in the, in the land of the dead. Like, so, um, but the, 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 uh, this like 
uh, freedom fighters, whatever, they're kind of positioned as freedom fighters. Um, they're like, they're a conspiracy to rig these, uh, to rig everybody's uh, tickets that even like Meche can't get a number nine ticket. Mm-hmm. And then, like later on, you find like a guy who has like a bunch of number nine tickets that you just, he has a, like a suitcase full of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, so, so it, at that point in the game, it's like, okay, if Meche can't get a ticket because she lived a great life, if she can't get a ticket, then there is something going on, right? Yeah. So uh, Manny says, I'm going to investigate this. Like, yeah. All right. He, I'm at least going to help these freedom fighters that he encounters. Yeah. Um, and I was... Go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. Um, I was confused by eventually the freedom fighters tell you they need two things. They need pigeons... And they, uh, they, they hint towards it. They're like, we need your teeth. So one of the puzzle to figure that out is to like take the mouth guard that you said you found early on, uh, and like get like, like brake fluid, like drip it into the, into the, into the, um, the mouth guard and then bite into it so that it makes an imprint of your teeth because the imprint of the, the, they can read Excuse me. The computers can read your teeth, and that's how they know that you work for the DoD. Yeah. So they, because Manny's an employee, and these freedom fighters have a Department of Death computer, they need an employee's readable tooth signature. Yeah. Uh, and so you steal Domino's mouth guard, bite into it with that oil, and they say, "Okay, we can use this." But now you also need to get us some pigeons to help yeah. our cause. I was confused by the mouth guard one. The pigeon one, I was like, I remember this. I remember I have to get to the roof. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was like, I don't remember exactly what I needed to do here, but I remember it had to do with balloons. So, yeah, it's well, that's another thing is you step outside of your office. I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping around with the plot, but like, it's really not like, a, I mean, there's a plot in this game. It's, it's kind of like. Fast and loose, though. Yeah, we're. I guess so. we're jumping around with the sequences. Yeah. Um. But you know, before this point, you at least I encountered like a balloon, uh, uh, artist, clown. I guess balloon artist. Balloon artist. Uh, there's the Day of the Dead festivals going on, so there's like a a dude who's making balloon animals, and you go up to him. And you can make a couple different animals. And this part has a really great joke. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the Robert Frost joke? <laughs> there's a there's a great joke when you're talking to the balloon salesman and he's like, or balloon artist, and you're just telling him like, hey, what can you know? What can you make? Like, I, I want to you know. And and uh, and I, the, on the commentary track, like Tim Schafer's like, uh, I I I uh, I think he's just being a smartass. But I think it's um. Uh, I want to say it's, it's, uh, it's Peter, uh, Peter Tiscal, who's one of the artists on the game, is talking to him, and he's like, oh, I thought it was just that you were, um, that Manny was, uh, was like, hey, I bet you can't make this, and I'm testing you, but it's like, it's like, Tim Shaver's like, no, he's just being a smartass, and he's, uh, he's like, what can you make? Can you make a dog? Can you make a cat? Can you make, you know, a blah, blah, blah. And with the last option on the list is Robert Frost. Yeah. Well, a famous poet. Yeah. And then the balloon guy, you asked him if he could make a famous poet. He's like, uh, yeah, nice try. I, who do you want me to make? 
And he says, yeah, May says Robert Frost. And the, the clown makes you Robert Frost as a balloon. And it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's you, clearly Robert Frost. Yeah, well, you look at it in your inventory and he's like, this doesn't look anything like Robert Frost. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you, um, if you pull, you can pull that balloon out. And if you shake it around, what is, uh, Manny says something like face the wrath of Robert Frost or something. <laughs> yeah. If you go up to the pigeons up on the roof, he's like. Run you pigeons! It's Robert Frost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was it was funny, and that's yeah. this game has a lot of uh, humor like that. A lot of just like kind of stupid, uh, irreverent jokes, or like acknowledging its own silliness. I don't mean stupid as in bad, but stupid as yeah. in like it's it's not. Uh, it's played very straight, and yeah. it's very it's very stupid. Like no nobody. Nobody is super wacky except for probably Claudus, and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying earlier, that Manny um, is like a perfect video game protagonist because um, his demeanor is always just kind of like um, hum- like nice, like, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, not, not, uh, not naive, but uh, aloof. Manny's a little aloof. He's just always kind of pleasant. Uh, he has his moments where he is... His character comes through and he's like, uh, you know, fighting for things or getting angry or whatever. But most of the time when you interact with the world, Manny just has a very calm, pleasant, pleasant demeanor. Uh, so having that in this game where wacky things are happening leads to a lot of humor. Yeah. Um, so I think he's Manny is great because his uh, demeanor is calm. So it keeps the game centered. It keeps the player relating to Manny. It keeps Manny from being annoying. Uh, and also, uh, it lends itself to a lot of memorable moments. Yeah. Um, I did have a question for you because this game is opens up with Manny being a salesman and it often deals with money in this game. What I, 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 I maybe it, cause this game borrows a lot from, uh, at least, aesthetically from Mexican uh, culture. Um, and I don't really know why they have money in this afterworld. Mm, in the land it's, of the dead. It's like, I know that you're based on, or that, that what you get for your package is like how good you were mm-hmm. uh, in the living world. But like, how do you, cause there's gambling later. And how do you gamble? Like, what are you gambling with? <laughs> There, there's nobody who's like. There's no part where like you have to present like a dollar to somebody. Yeah. To buy something. I mean, I guess it's just. It's probably one of those don't think about it things. Sure. Because it's it's just if there's no money in this world, then you can't have a like job. You can't have food. Like it's just because. Because Manny describes early on, he's like, "I'm working here because I have to work off a debt." Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't really like go into like what the debt is. I don't think, unless I missed something. I don't. I, I interpreted that to be like he just. That's where he has to work off his afterlife debt. Like okay. in life, he did things wrong, so he has to work here to try and uh, earn his way to a better afterlife. That's okay. that's what I interpreted. I, I, you know, I don't. It could easily be a monetary debt because, like you said, there's gambling in the game. There, people have jobs in the game. Um, there's restaurants in the game. There's a bar. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I didn't think about that. 
Uh, well, also in the beginning, Manny says that no one will tell him how he died. I think. Yeah, he does say that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I did. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, seeding some mystery, which was which was nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know remember. if that'll play out, but it's been a while since I played this, and because I, I played it when it first came out, but I. I I don't remember the plot as much. You played the remaster when it first yes, came out. Yes, I did not play it in 98. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wow, you played this young. No. no. So. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think that money thing is, is... It's probably just like a dumb thing about it because they wanted to have a scene of the game take place in a diner, in a club, in a uh, casino. And if you introduce money then uh, that, I guess, makes those things functional. I mean, maybe it's a... Maybe there is money. We're just not seeing people spend it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not really relevant to the game, so they never have it. Because it would be annoying as fuck if you had to, like, get money for shit in this game. There's definitely um, point-and-click adventure games that have Mm -hmm. money in them. It's not fun. It's usually not fun, yeah. Um when it's like, I've got to earn $20 and you'll get like, well, I know that this will give me like 20 cents. And then, that, you know, and then you got to spend a certain amount to like, mm-hmm. you know, at least this isn't like, um, like a, uh, the King's Quest games, which King Quest games would, were famous for like their fail states, their kill, their kill screens. Um, but in those games you could save wherever you wanted um, and if you like forgot an item, um, and you went to a scene and you couldn't get like an item cause it was like, you know, however many scenes before that, you just were locked out of it. Mm-hmm. Like there would be things that you would get at the beginning of the game that you needed, you know, in act three or whatever. Do you, uh, would you say that's bad game design? Yeah. So hundred percent. I would do. I don't give that a pass. If you are playing a point and click and you get stuck and you missed an item that you can't go back to get without reloading a prior save file. Yeah. That's, that's shitty. That's bad game design. I didn't know that those games are maybe like at most like five hours long, but it's still like, why do I have to go back two hours? Because yeah. I have to redo all this shit and you're not taking notes. You don't remember everything that yeah. works. And sometimes like, especially in King's quest, it doesn't have the best graphics cause it's older. Like it's not like it's, you know, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption. So, you know, you have to... You have to look at this pixel that it'll be like, this was a, a, a coin on the ground. It yeah. was a special coin that you needed. Um, it doesn't seem to be anything like that because everything here is is pretty well modeled. There's There's been a couple points where I've been like, ah, how was I supposed to see that? Yeah, but, I mean... I think early on, there's a part where you need to use a three-hole punch that's on yes. a desk. And if if you... It, it fits in so well in the desk because you're in an office environment, so it just looks like part of the environment. So I got lucky early on and interacted with it. Me too. And I was like, oh, look at that. I, I mean, maybe I didn't get lucky. Maybe they designed it where I, so I would interact with it. But I think Manny walks up to... Because uh, it's... <laughs> He makes a joke. It's uh, it's Ava, not his secretary. Yeah. Uh, where um, she has a three hole punch on his desk, uh, or on her desk, and uh, you can walk up to it and interact with it. And when you uh, walk up to talk to her, you actually walk up to look directly at the three hole punch. Yeah. So, so it seems intentional, but yeah, that's like the closest 
uh, I can think of early on where I was like, I wouldn't have known that was an item. I mean, I I didn't think about with that uh, with like the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like the deck of cards that you have to pick up that you have to three hole punch. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about to pick up those right away. Well, that that's what this kind of game is. Is like, okay, I'm stuck. Let me backtrack and go around every room and see yeah. if there's anything I can do. Yeah. Um, but you know, for the most part, the the puzzles are pretty straightforward. Like. Uh, I got uh, there to sabotage a machine at one point. There's like tubes all throughout your office. Um, you need to fill a uh, empty balloon with like uh, packing foam and put it in this tube that goes down into the mail room. I remember getting stuck on that. Did you? Did you get stuck on that? No, because I I got bread early on. You can get a big baguette, mm-hmm. and then I was like looking for a way to sabotage the mailroom machine. I put bread in there too. I put bread in there. Yeah. And it didn't do anything. I was like, okay. Um, and then I remembered that the uh, clown had uh, options for animals, and I thought, oh, maybe I can just get a balloon from him. I went okay. to him and said, oh, a worm has got to be a dead worm has got to be a deflated balloon. Got the deflated balloon, um, and then I uh, put foam into it, the packing foam, and put it in the tube, and it didn't work. And then I looked at the guide, and it said you have to put in both kinds of packing foam. And I yeah. said, oh, okay. Because if you look at the, the first packing foam like that you use, they'll have like a liquid one. And then if you use the other one, it's, it's uh, you know, um, it's like a... Uh, a chemical mixture that will then make it expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they, they have to interact together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were, and, and you know, actually um, speaking of like conveyance, uh, what did, what did you think of the art style in this game? Uh, I like it quite a bit. Um, it's, uh, um, it's like Kalaka. Like if you've ever seen uh, um, the movie, uh, Oh, what is it? Book of life. Yeah. Uh, it looks very, very similar to that. Um, I mean, that's kind of like if you've ever seen Day of the Dead decorations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's kind of that style filtered through a bit of art deco and noir. Yes. Um, so it's really unique. Yeah. Um, um, it's It looks great. There's nothing else like it. No. Uh, uh, really, really, though. For, as yeah. far as video games go, I can't think of another game that looks... And especially, it, it also looks pretty 90s. Uh, like, I think Glottis's character design looks like something out of Red and Stimpy. Um, I think, like... The color palette that they use in the office, it looks like sort of like Nickelodeon Rugrats-y to me. Like the mm, yeah, outside yeah. of the uh, it's very nineties. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's ninety eight, so it came out at the peak of the nineties. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and I, I love like Manny's design is a big long skull uh, with a he has that sugar skull like uh, decal on him, but it's it's long and slender and sleek like an art deco uh design is so it's, yeah it's really unique they've got that uh, like I, I love when you go out of the um uh the building and it's just a an, a camera angle that's like on the stairway and really zoomed out so you're able to see like the the, the giant star and like the the giant staircase and I talked about that mural that shows all the way of transportation mm-hmm. uh and it looks like you know like metropolis like, uh, uh, I mean, like, the DC Comics Metropolis, like, the sure. Daily Planet, like, that. Sure. Um, and that looks really cool. And, like, the inside, like, the lobby-ish area. Yeah. Where the server is and the, um, the packing foam area is, like, that looks really great. Mm-hmm. It's classic art deco. Yeah. 
Uh, and then um, in the second part of the game, too, there's a casino and there's a gambling uh, track, like a lounge. It all looks mm-hmm. very... That, that sleek Art Deco lavishness that's yeah. really, really nice. It's like 30s mixed with 50s. Yeah, 30s mixed with 50s and then a coat of um, Day of the Dead paint on everything. Yeah, and like 90s yeah. color schemes mm-hmm. with like lambashed, lambastic, like uh, outlandish colors. Mm-hmm. It really pops. If this game would have been made at a different time even because think of the graphical limitations of this era too... If, if it was made from scratch today, it would look completely different. Um, yeah, they did uh, say on the commentary, they're like, this is a game that is uh, that is entirely, you know, of its time in that, you know, if we made it today, it would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that makes the art style really easy to appreciate. Yeah. I, I love looking at this game. And uh, even with the updated graphics, it still looks like a 90s game. Yeah. Um, in, in the best way. Yeah. And I, I, I could, I would love to have a little mini figurine of Manny. He has a great design. And yeah. Like it's just, this is just a really nice looking game. I like looking at I it. I love like little figures of like, uh, of like Gladys and like Meche and, uh, mm-hmm. and like Manny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, uh, we haven't really met like Hector yet. Like we've gotten bits of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, uh, um, he's like the big, had Honcho, the conspiracy mm. guy. So the big bad. Yeah. Well, um, even a uh, domino has a good design. Mm-hmm. Like on his hand, he has little domino dots. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, okay. he looks great. They all do. Skeletons just look cool. Yeah, they do. Like skeletons just always look fucking and it's, cool. It's nice that they were, everybody's a skeleton except for like a few of the demons and other creatures. And they did a good job of like making every skeleton. Uh, like a, a unique looking character mm-hmm. like you could tell you know um manny is you know young so he's or he died young or whatever so he's doesn't look as like decrepit or whatever and then you might get somebody like um like chachilla charlie um who looks like you know he's uh he's the um uh the uh, I can't remember his name would be the, like the, like a, uh, a, 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 the mob boss type, like the, the, um, who's the character from Goodfellas? That's, uh, the, you talk in, you talk in the, oh, uh, the, like the, Joe Pesci. Yeah. He's like the Joe Pesci like character. Yeah. Yeah. And, totally. um, and he looks like, like older and more like scummy, mm-hmm. you know, his skeleton does, or it's like a, a sailor skeleton you encounter early on that has like the broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. And there's even skeletons that are different colors, like yellow and green and pink. Yeah. Um, you know, like we're, we're skeletons, if you think about yeah. it, you and I. Everybody's a skeleton. Everybody's okay. a skeleton. You said everyone in Grim Fandango is a skeleton. That's also applicable to real life. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes is, is like later on, they, they go, um, uh, they'll be like, uh, you get like a photo of somebody's wife and she's like, <laughs> Uh, she's like, oh, did she look like good? And he's like, oh, we all did when we had skin on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's fun jokes like that. No, I, I think, no, no, no. I think with the wife, you get a photo of that guy's wife and he says like, mm, I don't think even skin would have made her look good. Uh, like he, okay. he says she's ugly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, wait, so, uh, the plot, right? So you get these freedom fighters cause we, that we talked about like 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, you meet these freedom fighters and they help you get out of uh, your office job because 
I think they say that your your boss is going to kill you. Yeah, so they like you get a I don't know if it's here. Um, so I did write notes on that. Um, uh, you get a scene sometime in the game where they um, where they kill your boss. Um, I think it's that's after you escape. Okay. Um, but they, um, uh, but you do the, the, the freedom fighter guy, Sal, um, and you actually found out that you're not secretary Ava. Um, your coworker Ava is, uh, is like a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a pretty good line with her when you, when you talk to her, uh, you're like, um, how long have you been a spy? You know, like, oh, like since I got hired or whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, we're not using that type agency anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, I, I I listened to the commentary, and when you like leave after you give them all the stuff, you give them the pigeon eggs, and you give them the the uh, the mouth card with your teeth on it, and you finally leave, um, and you go through like the ho- the underground hole to Ubukaba. He um, uh, sells talking to you. Uh, to Manny and Manny uh, like has like his line and apparently they took like a long time on it uh, and it's like his like motivation he, you know he's like uh, he's like oh you know um, uh, she's my ticket out of here and like re- reference to um, Meche mm. it's it's kind of like his his uh, his goal you get like everything they, they really want to perfect that like that line mm. that he that he ends up giving because they were like that's his like whole character. If we can get this right, then then his whole character will fall. That will carry everything else. Yeah. So his yeah they I mean they do say at that part like his motivation beyond this is to find Meche uh, and uh, help her. Yeah, I mean he he wants to help her. Uh, you can tell in the scene when your boss chews you out. Um, uh, like it zooms in on on Manny and he's like frowning like he's. He's starting to look sad because mm-hmm. he wasn't able to to help Major, and now Major is gone. Right. Um. It it does feel like he he feels bad. Mm-hmm. Like obviously he's like, man, why am I the I stuck here? Why am I having to do this job? Why am I, you know, doing this in the land of the dead? But like, uh, it does feel like he wants to get people good packages. At least like maybe it is only Major that he wants, and maybe she is his ticket out of here. But you know. It does feel like he's growing as it goes along. Yeah, definitely. It, it doesn't feel like he's completely selfish. And I, I, I took that, um, you know, he says Meche is his ticket out of here. But um, based on, like, the way he was acting and the way he continued to act, I did take it, like, he feels responsible that Meche, like, didn't get the the ride that she was supposed to get to, to the ninth uh, uh, plane or whatever um, because... She was such a good person. You know, he says she was a saint. She lived a completely altruistic yeah, life. I liked his scene with her because he's like, you can go through all the questions. There's a dialogue tree in this. Yeah. And uh, you can ask, like, a bunch of people different stuff. And, you know, um, and when you're you're talking to her, you're like, so did you kill anyone? She's mm-hmm. like, uh, she's like uh, not, what does she say? She's like, not, uh, I'm afraid, like, I, I, I didn't do much killing. He's like, not even a little bit? And she's like, <laughs> no, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. They she's, do, yeah. The, the game takes a moment to 
give you just a scene of dialogue between these two characters. Yeah, so she's, uh, I, and I, I like um, he's really like digging. He's like he's like because he gets a warning that he's like she's not eligible for the, the for the um, uh, for the number nine train. And as uh, like he rigged it basically, so he he would get somebody who was eligible for that. Um, and then if she's not el- eligible for it, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, so he's digging with her. Like, yeah, did you kill anyone? Did you steal anything? Do you have any tattoos? And they yeah. have they have a nice little rapport. She's like, uh, he's like, uh, uh, can you do anything? Uh, he's like, have you done anything bad at all? And he's like. I mean, I guess I could do something bad now. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. And uh, I think as you're leaving the office, she says something like, sorry, I let you down or something. Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of ominous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at, as where we're at in the game, you don't interact with her past that scene. Yeah. So it's still like a mystery kind of re- who she really is, what what's really going on with her. So, yeah. Um, and uh, like, I guess we, we can keep going with that plot because like... Um, after you get out of like the, um, out of the first area and you're going through like the forest, you wind up in this forest and they, uh, they fired Gladys, mm-hmm. which they gave him, they gave him his car. I don't know why they gave him his car. I guess cause it's, they can't use it. Yeah. Know. Cause he modified it yeah. so much. <laughs> I love it. Cause he's, he, you early on, he modifies it so that he can fit in it. And you drive past Dean Domino, and he's like, he gets spun out of control. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, when you come back after you go to the living world, um, he's like, modif- he's like, I'm going to keep working on, on he goes with the bone wagon. Uh, <laughs> it, I'm going to keep working on the bone wagon. And then you come back, and it's like even more tricked out, like a hot rod. Yeah. Like before, it looks like, like a limousine or like a, like a, like a sports car. Mm-hmm. So, but Gladys, that's pretty fun. I love that Gladys too. Um, he looks like a hot rod character. Um, like there's sort of like biker art that's out there. Uh, yeah. Where you, characters have like these big bulbous eyes and these, these uh, mangly toothed smiles. Uh, yeah. And Gladys I feel, felt to me like he was designed directly from that kind of character. Oh yeah. Uh, so and, he looks um, great. Uh, I think, I think um, Tim Schafer is really into like cars mm-hmm. and um, uh, and bikes and whatnot, and cult- that sort of culture, because um, he did uh, Full Throttle before this, um, which is a uh, like motorcycle uh, themed like point and click adventure game, hmm. uh, and Brutal Legend also uses a lot of like heavy metal uh, engine car like culture type. Imagery. Totally. So. Actually, speaking of Brutal Legend, uh, that game is famous for having Jack Black play the main character. Um, and it's another Tim Schafer game. Uh, I felt as though this game, uh, if it would have been made today, Jack Black would have been cast by Tim Schafer to play Glottis. Oh, yeah. that he, he definitely seems like that kind of character. He's been in, I think, every single Double Fine game. That that's actor? done by Tim Schafer. Oh, Jack Black? Yeah. Yeah. Since it's, uh, Adventure. Seems like they, they have that. They have since some since uh, Brutal Legend, sure. But uh, uh, the actor who plays who does play Gladys does a good job too. Uh, yeah, I was does a great job actually. Yeah, I was looking it up, and he didn't. 
doesn't have like a lot of credits, which I found odd because I, I thought I recognized his voice, but he doesn't. Uh, like I couldn't find him on like anything else. Really. He's he's more of like a character actor. Like he, I think he had a good amount of credits. It was just he didn't have a whole lot of roles that sure. pe- people would know him for. Um, but yeah. he's great as Gladys. Yeah, uh, and then uh, when you meet with Gladys in the woods here. Uh, he rips his own heart out and throws it to yeah. the other side of the woods. It's, uh, it's hard. We can't even describe this scene well, well, because we wouldn't do it justice. Yeah, but he's like, he's like commenting. He's like, I, if I can't drive, I'm not going to be able to to live. Yeah. It's like they rip your heart out, and he does it himself, and then he throws it behind him. Yeah, and then he and then he passes out. Yeah, and so you go get his heart. Yeah, which is in a spider web. Uh, which, uh, another thing that we didn't mention is, uh, Manny has a scythe that he uses, like, yeah. for work. Mm-hmm. And it's one of your items. It's the it's a permanent item in your yes. inventory. Uh, and when he pulls it out, it's really cool. He, like, unfolds it, and it's like a, a clickable cane, like a, yeah. a full, like a blind person's folding cane. And he unfolds it, and then the blade pops out with this yeah. really awesome sound effect. Uh, again, earlier we said skeletons are cool. Grim Reapers are just fucking cool. They yeah. always look cool. Yeah. Um, so Manny looks awesome when he holds his, his uh, scythe. And um, what I appreciated about this game is that scythe has to be used several times. It's not an item that only has like a limited amount of utility yep. that you have to carry the whole game. Yeah, and I, I the puzzles that I used it on, I was like, oh, I okay, like, I'm supposed to use the scythe here. Yes. Like, here you have to grab a bone out of, like, a bone pile because there's, like, demon skeleton. There's demon uh, uh, spiders that have a heart, that have his heart trapped in a web. So I was like, okay, I have to grab a bone. What do I have to do with this bone? Let me use it on the uh, spider web because that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can do. Right. So then I used it, and then I was like, well, let me get out my scythe because I'm, I bet that I could cut like the like the first time I tried to cut the web with the scythe, and I was like, oh, that that didn't work. And then I was like, okay, let me put the bone in there. Okay, maybe I can cut it now. I don't know why, but then he like uses the scythe to like attach onto the bone to fling the heart out of it. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that was yeah. clever. And, and I had the same thing. I don't know what in the game conveyed to me that I should use a scythe there. Um, I just thought it would cut it. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it made sense. But uh, yeah, that was a good use of it. And you use the scythe several other times. So it's yeah. nice that you don't forget that you have it and uh, you actually use it. Yeah. So uh, once you get Glottis his heart back, you go, this is like uh, one of those areas that I think has bad camera angles because it's very, yeah. very zoomed out mm-hmm. and you have the bone wagon and you have to drive it around this area. And there's a puzzle here where you have to, early on you, uh, in this area, when you get in the car, Gladys backs up and he backs up into a sign. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh, I bet I have to interact with that sign. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that happened, it triggered like a memory in my brain. And I was like, I remember the sign being fucking annoying (laughs) because I picked it up and I was like, I don't remember where I was supposed to put this sign. Yeah. Uh, and you have to put it, there's a ro- area to the left where you put it into the ground. And as you put it into the ground, it like points um, in a direction. So if you keep putting it into the, uh, gr- into the ground, taking out, putting it back in, it will eventually point you to a secret area mm-hmm. that you have to interact with. Right. So, I used a guide for that part. Yeah. 
Um, I recognized because I was like, okay, I think I have to pick it up. I didn't know I have to bring it over to the left area. I looked at a guide for that. But then when it was like, oh, hey, put it in the left area. I was like, oh, okay. And then I I put it in the ground. And I was like, oh, it's pointing me in a direction. Okay, right. I got Follow it. where it's pointing yeah. me. Put it in the ground. It's like a divining rod, basically. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and this part you... You fight um, the beavers. Yeah, you fight the flaming beavers. They, uh, uh yeah, Gladys is like, uh, oh, you don't want to, like, you don't want to go into this, like, area because there's, uh, because there's flaming beavers. And you're like, well, they eat wood. Like, who cares? And it's like, they don't eat wood? Yeah. <laughs> and they have a dam made of bones. Yeah. They have a bone dam. <laughs> and when you see it, you scream. Uh, no, but <laughs> you go, damn bones. <laughs> uh, that's, that was, um, this first part really set the tone for, like, the game to be, like, I was expecting the game to ha- have, like, consistently wacky little moments like this. Um, you know, because you're in your office, and you basically have to do shit to fuck up the office, and then you're doing wacky shit for the Freedom Fighters, and you go to this, like, basically enchanted forest, and you're interacting with flaming beavers, you have to, like, lure them away, and then douse them with a uh, so that their flame goes out. Uh, so you're doing all this wacky stuff, but later in the game, it's pretty much just at least the second part. It's like a straightforward noir yeah. thing. It's and there's no flaming beavers. There's no. There's not really hijinks. It's more so like a. Uh, I love the tone of the second area. We'll get to it, but yeah, they're both good. I'm I'm just saying, like this first part is vastly different from the second part. Yeah, this um, one is environmentally. More- more like that. Yeah. Um, Even, uh, well, well, we can talk about it later, but at the end of this section, um, it jumps ahead a year. I was not expecting that. Like, it literally, like it says, and then Manny hung out in this area for a year, and now we're starting the story from a different part. But that's, I'm getting ahead of us, of ourselves. Did you, what do you think, because there's that other puzzle in this area with, like, the, like, where you have to get, like, the, um, Oh, what a, what a, I think they're like shock pads or something. Like the machine. Thing. Yeah. The, yeah. And, um, uh, and you have to use like a wheelbarrow to like turn on this fucking tower mm-hmm. that's like dinging. Like it's like dinging, uh, every few seconds. Um, and you have to use like a wheelbarrow to like walk over these wires to, to eventually line up these uh this pole that's dinging uh like on it has like two different types of dings and you have to get them to line up correctly and then eventually tell gladys to like climb up it and then like i was like what the fuck do i do i think i texted you i was like this fucking puzzle i couldn't figure it out i was like i know i have to make them like ding at a certain like pace. Mm-hmm. So I got that. And then I was like, okay, I like, I could see it spinning. Like, mm-hmm. cause eventually like the way that you know that you have it correct is that it's like normally just sitting straight. And then eventually like it just spins like out of control. I was like, what do I do here after Gladys <laughs> climbs up it? And mm-hmm. like, he would climb up it and then he would be like, ah, eh, it's not working. I don't know what to do. And then I was like, okay. Cause like you go up to the switch and you flick it downward well, it turns out I had to go back and flip the switch back upward, upward once Gladys was on it so that while it was spinning out of control like it was doing, he would be spun out of control himself. And I was like, 
oh, I missed the final step. Yeah. Like, that's well, that, this game sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they, they set that up like, we need to knock this machine down or something. And then Gladys is like, let me climb up there and take a look at it. And you're like, okay, he's taking a look at it. And then he comes down and you're like, oh, he didn't, that did nothing. Yeah. But yeah, you, like you said, you have to use him as a weight to knock the machine around. And it's, it's not very intuitive. It's, it's very kind of, even yeah. that, that puzzle, I had to look it up because I was like. The wires already was, were annoying to figure out. Yeah. You have to use, like you said, a wheelbarrow to block wire transmissions and then release them at the right time. Like, it's hard to even describe because it's no, not... No, it's not easy. I mean, yeah. could, I think you could probably just look it up online if you never played it, and you'd be like, what the fuck is this garbage? And fucking on top of that, there's... Like, shit noises happening the whole fucking time. So I'm, like, trying to figure this fucking puzzle out, and it's, like, dinging at me and throwing all the shit in my face, and I'm like, what am I... What is doing what, and what do I need to do? And they, they give this pointless, like, backstory. It's cool. It's interesting backstory, but yeah. they're like, um, yeah, this machine is sucking marrow out of the trees, and they're using it to build this, and it's like, what does that have to do with this? Like, why Why do yeah, I have to know that? I, I remember when I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, God, I remember this puzzle being a bitch. Yeah. So, um... I was happy that I got like halfway or like three fourths of the way through, and then I was like, "Oh, I couldn't finish it. Damn, yeah. that that sucks." See, I, I figured out okay, I because uh, you can trigger Glottis to go up there to fix it, and then I said, "Can I turn it back on when Glottis is on top of it?" <laughs> you even think about, that. and I did. I was just like, "Well, can I do that?" Uh, and it establishes that it'll fling Glottis. So I figured that part out, okay. and then but then where I struggled was. What rhythm do I need to get the joints mm-hmm. to go to? Yeah. So I had to look up a guide for that. Um, that it's, one's an annoying puzzle. Yeah, I'm sure anyone who played this game could would be like, yeah, that part was annoying. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, like uh, this section is fine, and I like Gladys as a character, but there are parts where you have to park the bone mobile. And Gladys is sitting there going, <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying to play this fucking game and this character will not shut up. Dude, I actually really love that. Like when I was just like, like, okay, let me think for a second. Like, but he was still like, look out. He's making fake car driving noises. Because yeah, he loves driving so yeah. much. And it was cute, but I was like, when I'm trying to think and like walk around and I didn't discover the run button yet. So I'm walking around super slow. I was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. I thought it was adorable. I wouldn't, if they kept it in, it's fine because it informs Gladys's character. It is adorable. But that doesn't mean that I enjoy hearing it. <laughs> and then on top of that, then you get to this puzzle that's digging in your face. And it's like, Jesus. That, that one he, he's silent on. So Gladys is silent, yeah. yeah. And I actually like that scene where Gladys is like standing there with his, his hands on his hips. And there's a wheel, wheelbarrow with rocks and then the machine. Like it's It gives you everything that you need in that one little screen, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a little too counterintuitive. Like I don't... How would you figure that out unless you designed the puzzle? Yeah. You know? What did you think about the beaver puzzle, though? Uh, What do you have to do that? You have to grab a bone. I don't think it matters where you can grab it because you could... I don't know if you could go back to the spiders. 
Um, but they put a bone pile there for you mm-hmm. with all of the um, beavers. They're flaming beavers. Right. Um, which is pretty great. And actually, again, from the commentary, apparently they wanted to cut them. Oh, really? And uh, and <laughs> I think, like, the person, like, the budgetary person was like, we have to cut them. And she's on the commentary track with Tim. <laughs> and Tim's like, yeah, I, like, drew an a, a image on, like, a napkin for you and it had like the flaming beavers and like they had like a sign up that said like why did you cut me <laughs> and he was like like because he because she was like you know uh, every time in meetings they'd be like okay well we have to cut the, you know it's time to cut the beavers the he, he would be like i want the beavers <laughs> <laughs> he fought for the flaming beavers yeah, apparently when tim wants something in a game uh, he'll put it in like himself <laughs> and then people will get like annoyed because uh, and uh that's how things will just make it in. So I think he just he fought really hard for flaming beavers. I mean, it's memorable. Like I, that's one thing I like about this part is it just kind of like, oh, there's flaming beavers here. Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't to, need any more explanation than that. <laughs> you have to take a bone out of the bone pile that they have for their dam, uh, and then you have to walk on over to like the left hand side of the screen. Uh, it changes camera angles, and a beaver will be standing over like a pride rock type looking area and then you can throw the bone into the uh like tar pit that they're around um and i knew like immediately i was like oh i threw the bone it jumps i bet i have to take out my fire extinguisher because they're on fire uh and extinguish them Uh, at first i thought you had to just do it in the first area but it wouldn't work like i would i would uh, fire it and Manny would spray it like he'd like he'd spray it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it wouldn't it couldn't reach the beavers, um, and it's pretty it's a pretty ridiculous like spray. It's like it's long, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I um, tried that too, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't work. So I was like, oh, like this area, this is where you like the, where you want to do it. And I was like, okay, I'll grab like you know four or five bones and I did it like in, on my first try for everyone. So I didn't need yeah. the extra ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting. What, like why make a distinction that you have to spray them in this special little area over here well, instead of just like, have been using like a, it, it might've been like a programming thing. Sure. Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's just like, that's kind of these kinds of games where it's like, yeah, that's when I would use a guide when it's, when I would find myself saying, I know that I need to use this item here. But I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then you look and you say, oh, I have to go over here and then use it. Okay, fine. Uh, it's, it's those kinds of little things that can sometimes get lost in translation between programming and playing. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, you spray the beavers. You leave with Gladys. Gladys has like a line where he's like, this is kind of morbid, like driving over these these are people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is pretty fun. Because the, the bridge is made of bones. Yeah. And those were all people that lived in Land of Dead. Yeah. And I don't think, like, I don't know. Uh, um, I think there's the scene that you know it's in year two where, where somebody gets killed again. So well, there's there's a scene in this. Let's talk about this because it's later it's after it's in year two with your boss. Yes, no, that happens. No, I have no. in my notes in year two. I I am willing to bet money it does not happen in year two. Why would it happen in year two? It jumps ahead a year. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I have a different note about how. Hey, you fucking idiot! I fucking hate you! It's in my notes. Okay, shut on. You're fucking. Okay, wrong. anyway, go on. What's the scene that happens? Uh, so you're after Manny leaves. Um, his boss. 
is back at the office with with uh, Domino and this other new mysterious character. And this character says, we rigged it so Domino would get all the best clients and then we do these bad things or whatever. And uh, Domino's like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I take responsibility for it. He's keeping cool. And then uh, the bad guy's like, well, Domino, it's not your responsibility. You didn't plan this operation. This guy did. The boss uh, and then he shoots the boss, and they established earlier that uh, when someone dies in the Land of the Dead, they get sprouted, or they, they don't get killed, they get sprouted. So when the boss gets shot, he falls down, and then uh, flowers start growing out of him. He becomes just a skeleton with a flower bed on top of him. Uh, and that's a really cool visual. I don't know if it has any basis in, like, uh, Day of the Dead folklore or anything like that, but um, it's just really like interesting and abstract, and I don't know who thought of it, but it's really memorable. Uh, and then I think the the bad guy shoots your boss, and he falls and turns into a bed of flowers, signifying that he died. And uh, the boss or the bad guy says something like, "Huh, tulips? I always I would have taken him for a sunflower kind of guy yeah. or something like that." Uh, but it ups the stakes because it's like, oh, there is a conspiracy going on. And there's death. Like, you And there's death. Yeah. There would be death in the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. And now Domino is tasked with, uh, you know, uh, resolving the situation. He's not yeah. just your rival anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the, the end of the level stake upening. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the very end of this year is I really like this area. It's like a lighthouse, like, uh, kind of foggy-ish, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, town with, um, uh, you walk up to it and there's just like a, like a, uh, like a cafe, like area. And you're like, oh, I guess we'll like stop off here and like figure out where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a diner mm-hmm. and you go in and there's just a guy mopping, um, and you're like, okay, like, what do I, what do I have to do here? And you like talk to him, and he's, you know, he's like, oh, you're, he's like, I gave you like a walking stick like years ago, you know, blah 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 blah. How do you end up here? You're supposed to be like moved on with your life. And he's like, oh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm waiting for my wife. You know, um, I, uh, I know that I died before her, and if she made it through here, you know, she'd wait for me. So I'm, you know, I'm just cleaning. And, uh, eventually she'll show up, uh, and, uh, and I don't know, like, I like the, the tone of the, this area. Mm-hmm. You eventually, like, you fall off of, like, a, a, of a cliff, because it's really foggy, and you land in the water, um, and, uh, and, like, is his name, uh, Velasco? Velasquez? Velasquez? I'm not sure what the, um, but you, you mean a ship captain. Yeah, it's the ship captain, and he, uh. He fishes you out of the drink and he, uh, um, he places you back and he's, you know, he goes and talks to, to Gladys while you, uh, figure out your like next move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just really like the tone of this area. It looks really cool. Obviously it gets lit, like goes to nighttime, like in the next year. But like the way that it looks here, I was like, oh man, like this looks like eerie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a memorable, memorable way to end the chapter too, because this is the last section before the end of the level, basically. And it's, it's unlike anything you've seen in the game because you've seen the city 
and you've seen sort of a barren forest, and now you're getting sort of just a barren landmark. Uh, yeah. And that visual alone uh, is is compelling, I think. It's like, oh, this abandoned kind of building. Yeah. Uh, and you, when you go in and you see that it's just occupied by one person mopping the floors, uh, it's it's like, oh, look at this. It's a, a little sense of discovery. Uh, I think it's a little intimidating because you don't know what to expect. And then you see this person with kind of this humble story of just I'm waiting for my wife. Uh, and it's just very quiet and uh, a little like, you know, humanizing. Um, it's it's for whatever re- reason, it's pleasant. Yeah. Um, and the story is, is relatable too. And, and like has that romantic element. The story for this section is the guy who's waiting for his wife. Uh, I forget why, but you want him to move on. Right. Like you actually, you, um, uh, I think, I don't even know if they give you like a goal here. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like usually in adventure games, you get like a goal that will just be presented to you here. You don't have a journal. They just like they like do at the beginning of the game. They're like, "Hey, you need to get a client, or you're fired." Yeah. Like they'll say it, so you need to like make note of it in your head and be like, "Okay, goal is get a client. How do I get client?" Right. So right. I don't know if they give you like a goal here. You're just like exploring. You know, I didn't think about that, but after the client thing, it's really just like events continuing. It's you're not yeah. like given goals or tasks or missions. It's I mean, like, they give you goals. I mean, the the you know after you get Meche, uh, it's like the next goal is I need to uh, like leave this. You get locked in the garage, and then you meet Sal, and he's like, "Hey, uh, get us these pigeons." And get us this uh, imprint of your tooth, you know. Right. I mean, you're you're talking about like back at the beginning, but like yeah, that's it's it's not like it, it's more like extrapolating, you know. Like yeah, it, it starts with get a client for work, and then work with these freedom fighters, and then get through this forest, and then you end up at an empty diner, and you have to just uh, tell this guy about his wife, and so it's it's not. And just go. Yeah, you just go. It's not a straightforward sequence. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that it it would take me out of the city so soon, that it would take me into a forest, it would take me into a diner, and then it would jump ahead a year. Like, it's it's just a, it's a story. Big, big game, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it feels really. busy. Yeah. I, do you remember, because at this part, when you meet this guy who says he's waiting for his wife, um, why do you... You complete this area by telling him what happened to his wife. Why do you do that again? Why does Manny do that? I don't know. I don't know if it's because because I never talked to Gladys here mm-hmm. and uh, and the ship captain because they're talking like down by your car, and I don't know if there was like something here that was like one of them being like we gotta look for directions on where to go. Oh, um, because when the guy leaves. Like, you enter and you're like, hey, do you still have that walking stick? And he's like, no, I, like, lost it. When he leaves, he tells you there's a compass in the broom handle for the, um, uh, for the mop. And that's, you know, the original walking stick that you gave to the guy at the beginning of the game. You, like, pointed out there, like, there's a compass in the handle. And that's really helpful, mm-hmm. right? So it's a callback. Um, but like, they don't mention that you, like you're, 
Like, Manny doesn't look at it and go, like, oh, I need that because it's got a compass in the hand. No, you know what? I think it was... I, I think it was they that Gladys says we need a like a place to stay. Like, oh, see, see if we can get okay. a job or something. Yeah, I think he says we need to hide the bone wagon or something. Yeah, we need a place to park the bone wagon and uh, maybe look for a job or something. Like, a new job. Because okay. Manny was fired. Gotcha. They, yeah, they were both fired. But I think both of us just figured it out because it's pretty, like, organic. You, yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying is, like... There's not much to do, so you can't really get lost. Yeah, I... Uh, I mean, I, I like thinking back on it. I was surprised that, um, you know, because you walk into the diner, you meet this guy mopping the floor. Um, you ask him questions like, "Can I have a job?" He says, "There's only one mop, so no, I'm the person working here." Uh, you know, you ask him for directions. He's like, "You know, I don't. I just stay here. I don't know." You talk to him about his wife. Um, get a picture of his wife. You get a picture of his wife. Uh, he says, "I was handing these out or whatever." And then you haphazardly meet the sea captain. And if you just, like, you know, what I was thinking was, oh, uh, I have a picture of this guy's wife. And the sea captain says he sees people come and go. Why don't I ask the sea captain if he's seen this wife? And he says, oh, yeah, I've seen her. Uh, I saw her uh, leave with another man uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. uh, In a... A luxury cruise for two. They got a two-person cabin, you know, like, oh, they're being romantic together. And then... <laughs> Poor uh, guy. Yeah, right. And then you get his, his uh, the captain's log, and you can show it to the guy in the diner, that, and he can see, like, uh, that's proof that your wife left with someone else. And the guy in the diner's like, well, I gotta, gotta go after her. See ya. Yeah. And uh, then you're there. Like that. And that was, yeah, it just ends... That's the end of the chapter. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the way that it ends because it's, it's like, he's like, here's the mop. Like, you know, the compass on the handle will really help you find your way. Mm-hmm. And it just ends and it's like Manny's just mopping the floors. Like he, you know, he, he ended up um, getting fired from his job. Like he like, uh, but he's, you know, he's resourceful. Like he's, he's like, all right, well, here I go. Like, yeah, I guess this, I better this just now. Mop, mopping the floors. And, uh, and I like the way that it ends and then it just like cuts to like, it's nighttime and you're like, wait, where is he? Um, and it's, you're in the same area and it's, uh, uh, you've now renovated the, the diner and it's, it's like a casino and he's in like a nice suit. And I was like, what a cool way of opening like the next way, way like informing his character of just like, Hey, he didn't just like sit there on his butt mm-hmm. and like not know what to do. He was like. I'm going to, like, he, he's resourceful. He wants to make a name for himself, you know? Well, and it, it cuts, it says, too, one year later. Yeah. So you, Manny was there for a year doing all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, and I was not expecting that also at this part. It's like, oh, so that little thing happened at work, and then he ended up here and just stayed here for a year and, like, yeah. built a successful business? Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, and uh, it, it also immediately, like, raises questions, like, What's Manny up to? Like, where is he at? What happened with Meche? Like, it it's a really interesting story choice. Um, yeah, and you get that um, you get that early um, uh, bit of um, excuse me. You get the early scenes of like, is it when he exits? He sees like the pigeon with that uh, that uh, has Meche's like face on it. That's at the start of year two. Okay. Because early on you see a pigeon, and it's like out of focus. Uh, I guess it's not Meche right away. 
it's uh it's you're you're so you start out in the diner and you're like oh or in the casino and you know through context clues oh he owns this casino mm-hmm. so you walk around and you have like a coat check girl wait you're skipping an important part no yeah manny is on top of the casino and he's smoking and then the coat check girl this is like the opening cutscene of year two the coat check girl comes in and she's like hey you know the night's getting on. Come on downstairs. And Manny says, like, do you think she'll come by tonight? Do you, do you think oh, yeah. tonight's the night yeah. where she'll come by? And uh, she's like, I, I, there. I guess you, Yeah, that's. Well, you're talking about walking around. This is the opening cutscene. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And, and Manny. So, I mean, they just say that Manny is sitting atop his perch at his casino restaurant that he owns and uh, hoping that Meche will come by or he'll see Meche or something. Yeah. Okay. And then you walk downstairs I, and I start guess, talking with them. I guess you're right because they, because, because you're going up to like the Kocha girl and, uh, and Gladys and you're like, you can ask them, like, do you think she'll come by tonight? And mm-hmm. that's like the big, like, like mystery. And people are like, you're still hung up on that girl. Like, mm-hmm. Gladys is like, Come on, Manny. We got these nice suits. Yeah. We got this club. Three square meals a day. Like, we're living the life. We're yeah. good. And the first time you see Glad- uh, Gladys is nice, too, because, you know, you walk down from your little balcony. You walk through Manny's office. And then you walk out. You're at the top of the stairs. And Manny is in the distance. Uh, at the bottom of the stairs in the foreground is Gladys in a white suit playing the piano. And I walked out and I said, "Aw!" And it, it was adorable. like, "Yeah, like they're they Gladys is have gigantic. This, so yes, he's, he's like, so big on this tiny piano. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's like him and Manny stuck it out and are friends now. And they like do this business together. Like because Manny's also wearing a white suit now, so mm-hmm. like that's visually they're like equals. So it was just like, oh, they're buddies and they run this place together. That's yeah. awesome. And you learn later on that he co-owns the mm-hmm. the casino with him. Like it's like, man." Manny's a cool guy. Gladys is a cool guy. Yeah. It's just very, like, pleasant and, like, sweet and nice. And, and the play, like, this area, too, it's it's uh, Gladys playing the piano, and it's just hit, like, like this soft jazz mm-hmm. music that yeah. he's doing. The tone of it is really, mm-hmm. you know, calming and nice. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like time has passed yeah. through, through this tone. Because um, uh, when you walk out eventually... You can explore like the casino area, like you can go to the to the roulette tables. But if you walk outside, you get a cutscene, and you're like, oh, "She's here!" Because you see uh, like a shadowy figure in the distance, um, and it looks like Meche, but you only see it from the back and in shadow. Uh, and then it turns out it's it's uh, like talking like her, whatever. And then it's like a pigeon, and it flies away. Because it's saying like I blame you for um, missing my uh, missing my ride. Like you're the mm-hmm. one who did this. Why did you Why did you uh, interfere with like Domino's um, uh, Domino's person? Like if if it weren't for you, I would be on that train right now. Right. Right. So and then the pigeon flies away. And you see, do you see Hector or do you see Domino? You see Domino. Okay. So the pigeon is on like the end of a perch at like a, a lookout. Yeah. Like a, with the kind of lookout machines that they have in like New York City to look at the Statue of Liberty yes. or like on top of the Empire State Building. And um, Manny sees the bird fly away, runs up to the lookout thing, sees a boat, looks through the lookout and sees uh, Domino 
dragging uh, Meche onto a boat against her will. Uh, okay, I didn't know if she was against her will or what. I thought that was, um, I thought it was, um, like up in the air, because later on when you're in year three at the opening of that, you see a, you hear a pigeon, uh, or a pigeon comes up to you and it's Sal talk a voice coming out of it. So I think the pigeons can mimic people's voices. So I figured, like looking back, I was like, oh, that pigeon was mimicking. Um, Meche's voice because it like overheard her mm. um, on the dock uh, and um, like she was going with Domino because when you eventually you're like oh god I have to go after her and you run down and then um, she I think it's her and I couldn't tell uh, uh, somebody throws like a, a bottle at you oh yeah so um... and you end up getting knocked out because you almost reached the boat yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like her and Domino were arguing, getting on the boat. Okay. Manny sees them and runs up to them and says, you know, Meche. And then I, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, she throws a bottle at you and it hits Manny in the face. It's you, it hits Manny in the face and he falls off. And then the sailor, uh, the, the sea captain fishes you out of the, uh, the water. But what they, the sea captain also says, is, uh, is this going to become a tradition of me, like, fishing you out of the water on every day of the dead or whatever? Because it is day of the dead again. It's exactly one year later. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure if that was, like, Manny's sort of, like, drunken fantasy or something. Yeah. Um, so I, I I think that... I, I thought that was kind of open to interpretation what exactly that was. Okay. But what that does is essentially... Tell Manny I need to get Manny tells himself I need to get on that boat Or I need to follow that boat To see if Meche is on there Yeah So that sets up set things Sets things into motion for year two Yeah Real quick can we pause I gotta blow my nose Yeah Sorry I'm, I can like I mean do we need to pause it Because I can blow it out No it's fine I'll pause it You're walking away And we're back With more Grim Fandango we were talking about year two, the way that it opens. So Manny gets motivated to uh, get to the open sea to pursue Meiji. Yeah. And I, uh, you talk to the um, the uh, boat captain, and he says, I can't let you onto my boat uh, unless you have tools for Gladys and you get him on my boat, uh, you have to have a maritime union card, and you have to make sure uh, that, uh, is it Nara, Narahara? No, it's, uh, um, I can't remember. Naranjes? It's Spanish for orange. Okay. Uh, I think it's Naranjes. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, you have to make sure that he will not be on the ship, because he's the only one that would, uh, he's, the, is he the cook? Um, and he's like, well, he's the only person that you could probably take a job from. Naranja. 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 And, uh, so he, um, you have to, like, sabotage him, get a union card, and make sure that Claudius can get on the ship. Yeah, so you gotta keep uh, that guy from getting on and, uh, get, get these two other things. Yeah, and that's your, that's your goal. And from what I was saying when I was texting you, I was like, 
this area is fucking gigantic. <laughs> yeah, it's big, yeah. Comparatively to the last year, which was like, you know, the first area, it's like, you know, a little, a little, uh, maybe like a couple dozen screens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then otherwise, it's like, once you get out of the city, it's like, you know, just a few screens to uh, in the forest and like whatever. But like this area is, it's all takes place in a town and it's, the town is huge comparatively. Mm-hmm. And again, the problem comes up where you're like, okay, where am I going? Where can I go? Mm-hmm. And what am I doing to push the story along further? I mentioned before that I felt like I used a guide too much because I, I did some things what felt like out of order um, for this. So, because there's a lot of things that you can do here. And you can do some things out of order just from nature of just like, well, I know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do this instead of like following what they want you to do. Um, Because it's uh, looking back, I'm like, this is fairly organic the way that it's the way that it's set up. They um, there's like cat races areas. There's like the the like tattoo shop there's like the morgue the police station mm-hmm. or jail area um there's like your shop there's like a club that's um that's owned by like a like a communist type figure lady it's, it's like a art house poetry club yeah. i wouldn't say like communist they make, a, they make a joke about it in the commentary that he's like leave you know he was like oh like i'm really Tim Schafer's like, I'm really interested in, like, the Red Scare. So, <laughs> that's, like, you know, the the idea for some of the areas in this second area. Definitely, there's there's so. multiple parts with that. So, uh, but, but I think, like, what you're talking about, like, it, it is all presented very organically, and it is supposed to be, like, a town. So, I think the idea is, like, you're walking around this town getting to know it. But in the first part of the game... You're in your office building. You do things there, and then you get presented with a new area, like, below the office building. Yeah. Uh, and then you get presented with a new area, um, like, the the forest. And then you get presented with a new area, the diner. So, the missions are uh, spread out across different areas. Like, three, maybe you could debate four different areas. Um, so, there's a, a sense of progression uh, visually and, you know, it, just in, in the game, like story-wise. Yeah. But here, you're supposed to be walking around this town solving these puzzles, going back and forth from one building to another, from one street to another. You're doing a lot of backtracking. So it's, like you said, it is organic, but I think it lends itself to doing things out of order or to being like, did I do that? What did I do? I can't remember if I did this or that or like, I did this thing with this guy. Did I show this thing to that other guy? Um, and there's characters that have intertwining yeah. stories too. So it, it can be a little tricky to navigate. Yeah. Cause you can explore. And I mean, like what, what was your first, like, okay, I, I sh- I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing is it just drops you in this big city and you can do it in whatever order you yeah. want, um, which is, is cool in and of itself. It's explorative. Uh, I, the first thing I did before I even triggered the cutscene where you see Meche mm-hmm. was I walked around, uh, Manny's club and talked to every character. Okay. Um, that I could talk to up to that point. So you meet like an undesirable in your club who like owes you money. 
Uh, you know, you see Gladys, you see uh, the ticket counter um, lady, uh, and you just sort of get this like atmosphere. Oh, you also learn that everyone in town has gone to the big city, El Maro, where you started the game uh, because for the Day of the Dead Festival. So not only are you in this kind of big town, but it's also, it's empty except for a couple of these club areas. Yeah, he's like, ah, uh, you know, the only people that are going to be here tonight are like the people who are like obsessed with gambling. Yeah, yeah. Which was a nice excuse to have a big empty environment. So yeah, that's that's fine. Um, and I appreciate that they put that in instead of seeing like, here we are in the town and there's no one in the town. Yeah, it's the Batman uh, Arkham Origins yeah. problem and Arkham... Uh, uh, Arkham Knight, where you're like, where is everybody? Yeah. And like in Arkham Origins, they're like, it's Christmas. And mm-hmm. in Arkham uh, Knight, they're like, uh, crime everywhere, so everybody's staying inside. At least in Arkham uh, City, they had the the sense to say, this is a section of the city that's been sealed off for criminals yeah. only. To go on a tangent for one second, uh, I was listening to a podcast and somebody was playing Arkham Origins, and they liked the fact that in Arkham Origins, it was Christmas. They're like, oh, that's like. You know, that's a good way of making it so that nobody's outside. But uh, but even they were pointing out that, like, you know, during Christmas, people would be like, wait, crime in the city? Like, I got to go out to, like, the grocery store and get whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe once Two-Face, you know, guns somebody down in the bank, like, then they'd be worried. But otherwise, they'd probably be like, ah, whatever. Um, I live in Gotham. It's yeah. just God's Christmas. Uh, and then they were like, it's stupid in city that they roped off the area. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That made like, it's a stupid conceit, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. but it works because then you don't have to see any NPCs. And they're like, the people who are there who are innocent are like the, the mayor put in like his, uh, his political rivals. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's the only ones that are innocent. Anyway. That, that, no, I, I agree. Like it's in city. Yeah. It is. You said it perfectly. It's a stupid conceit, but I appreciate that. They just say that. And then it's like, okay, I don't have to think about it ever yeah. again for the rest of the story. Yeah. Whereas in, uh, uh, origins, it definitely raises more questions than it, than it sweeps under the rug, yeah. you know? So it's like, well, wait, if it's Christmas, uh, what time is it? Like yeah. what, what time of day is it? Is, is it Christmas Eve Actually, or is it they, Christmas Day? Well, they, it starts on Christmas Eve, and then and then later on, you get that message from Alfred, who's like, "I wanted to let you know, Master Bruce, Merry Christmas." Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Grim Fandango. Yes, it's not Christmas; it's Day of the Dead and Grim Fandango. Yeah, so, and uh, so yeah, that was the first thing I did was I walked around Manny's club. What was the first thing you did? Uh, I looked at a fucking guide and spoiled it for myself, <laughs> but because um, I because. Uh, they were like, pick up this thing and do this and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I was like, I need to stop like halfway through. Cause I like, um, I know I picked up, like I started doing the Nick stuff way later than they expect you to. That's the lawyer character, right? Yes. Yeah. So well, um, that, was, that was the last thing I did, I think. Yeah. And I did that pretty early. Like I had him go away. Mm-hmm. I knew that you had to get a cigarette case at one point. Cause I remembered that, but I didn't like. I, I was like, "If he is he ever going to come back?" Because I remember him coming back, and I was like, "Oh, he like I I'm sure I did that at the end when I played it through the first time and wasn't like following a guide mm. pretty uh pretty hard." So I'm going to try to avoid that for three and four uh, when we do those years. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna like I said, I I go organically until I get stuck, and if yeah. I get stuck, I look at a guide, and okay. I. With this game, I'm not 
letting myself be stuck for more than like two, three to five minutes. Yeah. If I can't figure it out in five minutes, I'm looking at it. There's a, there, I, uh, I might send you a text for this. There's actually a pretty good guide um, for especially older point-and-click adventure games because it's an older site. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called like the Universal Hint System or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the way their guides work is um, they'll be like, okay, here's your goals. Like they'll be like, some, it'll have like right. a question. It'll be like, how do I get Gladys onto the ship? And then you click on that and it'll be like, uh, Gladys needs something to get on the ship, right? Didn't somebody tell you that? And then it'll have like 12 hints and it'll be like, you'll click on like, show me. And it'll oh, be like, nice. Uh, it'll be like, uh, well, blah, blah, blah told you that he needs tools. Where do you think tools might be? You'll be like, okay. And you'll be like, okay, I need another hint. And it'll be like, uh, uh, why don't you, didn't the captain mention something about sea bees having tools? Maybe you should explore the area to find some sea bees. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll just keep going down on that. And then like, you might have in the middle of those hints, it'll have like, um, you know, well, now I've found the sea bees. How do I get them to, uh, give me their tools? And then it'll have a link like in that hint that will point to how you do that. And that will have its own set of hints. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a really useful guide. I remember using it, especially for the older stuff, because I don't think it's used nowadays, but it was like an older website. Um, and I really like the way that they have their guides made out, because they're not just telling you what to do. They're yeah. like, hey, you know, we want to point you in the right direction, but we don't want to spoil it. That is really nice. I, I wish that I had seen that, because that is an ideal guide for a game like this. Yes. To, to just be poked a little bit, pushed, nudged slightly in the correct direction, instead yeah. of saying, go here and talk to this person. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, there is a level of frustration where I do want a guide that says, go here and do this. And that's what they do, eventually. Like, when you get yeah. to the bottom, it'll be like, do this. Right. Uh, and with this, But with this game, like we've been saying, it's pretty good at... Uh, having things, you're able to piece things together pretty yeah. well. Some things in here get a little bit ridiculous. Um, uh, there's a part where you need to um, get a uh, the one that I think sticks out is the the uh, tickets that you need to get eventually. Um, so eventually. Um, you find that you need a lawyer, Nick. Uh, and you ran into Nick in the, like, uh, art, art house club. Mm-hmm. And he was kissing, uh, like, the big, like, fat cat, like, casino owner. There's kitten races. <laughs> the cat races, like, here. Um, and, like, the owner of the cat races area is, like, this big, tough boss man. Mm-hmm. And he's got a girlfriend. And you saw Nick, his lawyer, kissing his girlfriend. So you see... Uh, uh, like a woman, uh, like that you've been like that you're friends with takes a picture of him because she has a crush on, um, on like the casino owner and she, uh, she takes a picture of him and, um, eventually that leads down like a wild goose chase to get that photo mm-hmm. as like blackmail for, for Nick. Um, and, uh, cause eventually you need him to help you get like somebody out of jail and, like, to get that photo, you eventually need to print out a ticket for the cat races to uh, get, like, to, uh, you think she hid, like, the original photo that she printed 
somewhere and uh, it's like this long quest where you have to print out a ticket and you have to like figure out you're presented with an image and that image has like hey like uh, maybe there's something in this image that will give you hints like you find like a dead cat that you can be like oh what day did it die on okay Uh, died on a Tuesday during the sixth race and it was uh, at like the the second of the months mm-hmm. and then eventually you print that ticket out and it'll lead to that picture but finding all the clues mm-hmm. to get to that printing of the ticket is pretty obtuse like you have to yeah. look at uh there's the you know the owner of the casino had a had a, his girlfriend um he built a uh he built a blimp and it crash landed and killed uh her, her favorite cat <laughs> So he stuffed it, and it's in the lobby, and you can read the plaque for the dead cat, and it says that it was the during the second race. And then you talk to this guy at the ticket booth, and he says, uh, we're not giving the kitty hats till Tuesday, and Tuesday, if you look at the photo... People are wearing get, kitty hats. People are wearing kitty hats. So you know it's Tuesday. And it says six, because it's the sixth race, so you're like, I got it all, I know yeah. how to print it out. And to get to all that point, you're like, Jesus Christ, like I have to remember all these mm-hmm. specific things mm-hmm. that specific people said at these specific times. Preach. Uh, it's really difficult to get that straightened out if you're not taking notes yeah. or if you're not looking at like some sort or of Or if you're not like paying attention. Yeah. Uh, like, cause, cause the part of the information that like sort of leads you to, to realize like you need to know this information to uh, piece together the proper ticket date in the photo is like, you're talking to that mob boss guy, the guy who runs the the cat races. And he mentions that detail to you. And he says like, Oh yeah, my cat died on that date when I built a blimp for my girlfriend. And if you're not paying attention, like later when I used a guide to look up the date, I was like, Oh, he did say something about that. Didn't he? I totally wasn't even thinking about that Yeah, because dialogue up until this point has not been, used in that way, like in the language of the game. I don't, I, I haven't had to pay attention to dialogue to get information, to enter into a machine, to get a piece yeah. of a puzzle. That's probably the most obtuse uh, puzzle in this entire section. Most mm-hmm. of the puzzles in this are pretty easy. Like there's, there's one too where you have to like stop a roulette on like the right number but it's actually not a right number like uh the uh like um you uh, a glottis eventually like makes it into the vip area of a play of a of that cat, cat races area yeah can we go through real and quick it's pretty great what each one yeah like requires yeah if you want to you want to go ahead because i'm going to go and skip a bunch and you might well, have a better like way of framing it i mean there's 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 these three tasks that you need i get yeah. like four you need a union card you need to keep naranjas from coming in to report for work so that you can take his spot you need to get gladys on the ship and gladys needs tools of his own so to get a union card you go to your casino and talk to a guy who's a forger and you tell him i want a union card can you forge one for me he says, I will forge it for you if you go to the big uh, cat casino guy's lounge and get my briefcase out of the secret basement because that's my briefcase and he took it and blah, blah, blah. 
So you go to the, the lounge, you have to get in the secret basement. In order to do that, you need to empty <laughs> out a big wine dispenser that's like the size of a huge barrel. Well, no, that doesn't even like, at uh, first he's like, oh no, you do get, you get the VIP ticket from him. I forgot. He just yeah. gives it to you. Yeah. And you go there and you look and you're able to get in. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of it too, is you explore this whole area and there's like a snooty butler who's like, you can't come in because you're not the VIP. And then there's like, uh, uh, you go down into the cat race, the cat races, it's like Alabrihe's racing, like big mythical cats. Yeah. So you go to their litter box area and you get a can opener because there's big cans of cat food down there. Yeah. Um, so when you get to the VIP lounge with your VIP ticket and your can opener, um, you see a demon wheel, which, you know, uh, Gladys is a demon. Demons aren't a threat. It's just like a character. You see a character wheel a big, empty wine barrel into the basement. And you say, oh, I got to get to the basement. I need to get down there. Uh, but you can't use the elevator. And this demon gives you a hard time if you try to walk by. He actually has some pretty funny lines. Yeah, talk he's, to him. he's pretty funny. And he's sleeping. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the entire time. And I think he says, like, I could kick your ass or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, the demons are funny. Um, so you're like, okay, I need to um, empty out this wine thing. I didn't right? even think about that. I thought, like, when I, I remember being like, okay, what, how do I, how do I get down in the basement? It has something to do with the barrel. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I have to do. So I walked up to the barrel and the barrel, I poked it and it, like, I clicked on it and uh, Manny just starts to drain it. Yeah, he just uh, drain. And then um, the snooty butler guy comes up to you and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Come on. Uh, get off of here. He's French. He's, yes. he's got a French accent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and because you hunt, so you go, and you're like, well, I can't, I can't empty it like that. But I was also like, why do I need to empty it? Like, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. It was like, empty it because then the demon will take a new barrel and put it there. So maybe you could like use the barrel to like go to the basement. Yes. I didn't even think you could that. use that opportunity of barrel swapping to go to the basement. That's, yes. I was like, okay, but you can't empty it because the butler comes in and yells at you. Yeah. So you have to go to the butler. So, uh, I forget exactly what you do. So you have to, this I, is again, another obtuse thing. You have to just show the VIP card to Gladys. Right. I don't know why you would think to do that. Yes. Um, but he, if you show the VIP card to Gladys, you're like, look at this VIP card. Look at what Chuck Charlie gave Mm -hmm. me. Why did he do this? Uh, you know, why does it, why is, you know, the, uh, Max, is his name Max? Like the casino owner? I think it's Max. His casino is not that good. Our casino is pretty good. Right, Gladys? And Gladys is like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, pretty our casino's better, and then he, like, disappears. And you're <laughs> it, like, wait, Gladys, where'd you go? It cuts away and cuts back, and he's gone. Yeah. It's funny. Um, and if you go back, you see that he's wound up at the casino, and he's just become a horrible drunk. Yeah. And he's gambling all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's... But, like you're saying, that's obtuse. Like, I wouldn't have thought to give uh, Gladys the VIP card to get him into the casino. Because no. that's what... I guess that you're like... Maybe the logic comes, like... Who could empty the barrel? But it's like, why would I think that Gladys could? Yeah, Gladys has not drank alcohol up to this point. He doesn't, he's not like a partier. I don't know. No. Um, It makes sense in the sense that he's big, the barrel is big, but that's the only like connecting factor I can think of. Yeah. Um, So then you empty the wine barrel. 
the way that you would em- the way that you have to empty it is um, you have to trap the butler in the closet. Mm-hmm. So um, you, uh, I think, when he he'll go into the closet because he's making the rounds back and forth. Because Gladys is just continually drinking. Right. And if you talk to the butler, he's like, your friend's running me ragged. <laughs> um, and uh, so then he goes into the into the closet, and you can lock him in the closet by closing the door and then uh, putting your scythe to uh, to lock it. Which I, I, I was like, put the scythe on the thing. Yes. Yep, yeah, that was another like, moment yeah. where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then um, uh, that was a nice aha moment. Uh, <laughs> so I did that, and then... He, uh, he like bangs on the door because he's like really claustrophobic. He says, hello. Uh, and, uh, and then it gets knocked out. Uh, and then the wet, the thing that you're supposed to do, I was like, do it. Okay. I knocked out the waiter. Now what? I, I was like, can I just walk into the closet? And like, what? I, this is where I was like, uh, and there's a ladder right next to the barrel that you need to climb up and then use the can opener. Because I was just like, I'll use the can opener on the barrel. Mm-hmm. You have to do that at the top of it. I yes. just thought you could just use it, like on it. No, yeah, I I got lucky and climbed up the ladder early on and was like, oh, could I? I tried to use my scythe on the barrel at first. Really? Okay. Like, oh, I can cut my way into this. I didn't uh, think to go into it. No, I, I figured I will. I'll Scooby Doo it or whatever and sneak my way down. Nice. Um, but I did have to look at a guide that would tell me use a can opener. I was like, oh, okay. no, as soon as I, I got up there, I was like, oh, can opener. Got it. Yeah. Cause I was already trying to use it on it. So, so I was like, there's nothing else that I should use a can opener on here. Right. That's well, Yeah, I guess that's true. I thought maybe you would have to lure a cat at some point or something, no, but the, you never see the cat races on the commentary. And I don't know if they were joking. They were, they're talking about how. Uh, Tim really wanted cat races, and he also really wanted to show the cat races, mm. but he didn't get to because, you know, big game, uh, small budget. Right. Um, and um, uh, apparently they put an engine in the, uh, put something in the game very early on to simulate the cat races mm. that you would be able to bet on, um, but they never took it out of the game. So there are cat races in the game in the code. Um, and like, as soon as you walk up here, they start. So there is like a betting like tracker huh. in the code of the game Interesting. Um, that's still running until the game ends, wow. but you can't interact with it. Huh. So I don't know if they were joking, um, but that is apparently in the game. I mean, a lot of games have things in their code from earlier builds that just, they're like, well, we, we're not going to leave this in. We'll just code it secretly in there or whatever. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not. If we adjust it, it'll break the entire game. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I think Ocarina of Time has an R-Wing from Star Fox coded into the game. Yeah. Um, uh, people speculate it was, like, a demo thing. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, at the cat races part... Uh, and I, I only want to break this down because, like, that's how these games are. Is like, you need yeah. to do this to do that to that's do fine. this to do that. And so, you get Gladys to empty the barrel... The demon comes to replace the barrel with you inside it because you can't open it your way in. You're in the bottom of the basement. You take a forklift into the elevator that takes you up. On the way up, you jam the forklift (laughs) into the door. You're going really fast. What did you think about that? Were you like, oh, obviously I need to use this forklift to jam the door? Were you like, I don't fucking know. I never would have figured that out in a million years. I I remember getting really stuck on that. Yeah, it was like, okay, forklift, 
what do I do? Do I bring the forklift into the lounge area? I can't yeah. do that. What and am the, I supposed to do here? In the commentary, they're like talking about like you can tell that this is an early 3D game because the puzzles have to do with like spaces yeah, and the okay. way that that objects interact with the space around them because yeah. they were like. This would be impressive. So that that's makes so sense. true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's absolutely what that is. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's so counterintuitive to people today because they're not thinking that 3D is a unique, new, gimmicky thing. Yeah, like they, the developers were at the time. Yeah. So like that's interesting. The way to describe this is when you go up and down the elevator, you can. I mean, I don't know how you would tell, but right. there's, a secret, <laughs> right. there's a secret vault in the elevator. Um, when you originally just hit the switch to go up or down, it goes all the way up to the top and then it goes all the way down to the bottom where the line would be. And in between that is the safe room. I don't know if there's a special button that you need to hit like that, like the max hits to, uh, to get there, but you can't do it. Hmm. So, um, you have a forklift down there that would be used to get the barrels and you have to use the forklift because there's, when you, when the cage comes down in the elevator. There's on uh, on the left and right. There's like a tiny little space open, um, where um, you know you might be able to lift it if it got stuck. Mm. Um, so you need to use the forklift as it's going um, up, I believe, um, and it will jam into the uh, ceiling of the vault area. And then you can bring it down yep. to uh, the entrance to the vault. And that is a very confusing thing to do. Yes, I, I wouldn't have figured it out. I didn't even notice that there was a fucking door there or like an entrance yes, there on my way I, down. I, because I've played this before, I can say I was absolutely stuck on that for like a good hour. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? do I do? That's what I'm saying. Like it took me five minutes. I was like, I can't think of what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm looking at the guide cause I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. This and I don't long. blame you. Cause that was, that's a super obtuse thing to have to figure out. Well, and that's, that's a, a problem kind of just with this genre of game is sometimes the puzzles are like, yeah, you either get it or you don't. Yeah. And that's, it's hit and miss and it's frustrating. It's not like when you're playing Zelda and you're like, I can see the pieces. I just need to get the timing right. It's like you either see what you're supposed to do or you don't see what you're supposed to do. You're not in Tim Schafer's wacky brain. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is like yeah. from a game design perspective, maybe it's obvious, but there's something that gets lost in trans- in translation when the player is sometimes interacting it, with sometimes it. Sometimes it hits. but Of course, yeah. yeah. Most um, of the time it hits, you know? Yeah. So that, that was kind of tricky. But, yeah. the, uh, but once you walk in here, you get... Uh, Chowchilla Charlie's suitcase, mm-hmm. uh, and he, um, he, uh, you open it up and you're like, why are there all these number nine tickets? Yeah, so that plays into the earlier conspiracy is that someone is like using number nine tickets to, to buy people off or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you leave the lounge, uh, Chinchilla Charlie or whatever his name is. Chowchilla, uh, do you know why he has that name? No. Because uh, on the commentary track, Tim says there's a town... Uh, I think it's the town where uh, that Dirty Harry was inspired by, mm-hmm. like where people were, a bunch of kids were kidnapped on a school bus. Oh my God. Um, uh, that's where, I think that's where like the Dirty Harry, um, like that scene at the end on the school bus mm-hmm. is inspired from. Huh. Um, but uh, 
in uh, that town was named Churchillo, and they had a friend. Tim had a friend, like growing up, uh, that he was like, or that he met that uh, apparently was on or went to that school. And he's like, yeah, I was sick that day, so I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get kidnapped. And nobody, wow. he's like, Tim's like, nobody got hurt. Like they got the kids, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he's like, so I get to put it in my game because because <laughs> it's totally fine now. Yeah. Um, so. So he's like, yeah, and uh, and uh, that friend of mine, we used to call him Chuckshill Charlie. <laughs> so he lives on in this game as Chuckshill Charlie. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's super cool. Yeah. But uh, that's why he gets his name. We named him after the scumbag character, though. Yeah. Well, Chuckshill Charlie steals your suitcase but gives you your, your union card. Yeah, he's got a gun pointed at you. He's like, he's like, you're going to give me my suitcase now. Yeah. He's like, I don't even think this is your suitcase. And he's like, well, it's mine now. Or he's like, well, you better shut up and give me your thing. And he's like, well, you got my union card for me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, and don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> he sounds he like goes, strong bad. Yeah. Like, even your impression of Chowchilla Charlie here. I was watching this being like, he, he literally just is doing a strong bad voice. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I love about Manny. He's very, like, relaxed in this scene. He's like, do you have the union card or not? Here's your suitcase. I'll, I'll see you later. You know, like, <laughs> I just like his pleasant like, demeanor. Yeah, the mob is probably, you know, well, I mean, he, the mob is, is probably going to kill me, but, you know, I got to live my life. Yeah. I mean, he, he even, uh, he talks about, you know, there's talks about in this, like, corrupt unions that are owned by the mob. Right. Um, he talks about, you know, uh, he's like, I run an honest business. Like, I pay my, uh, my protection money on time every month. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's, he said, he sounds so charming when he says that. He doesn't sound like an asshole. Uh, there's one part where, um, Manny, you're in like a kitchen area and you can look at a dishwasher. And, uh, you, if you interact with it, Manny says, uh, not to sound like a capitalist oppressor, but I have people who do that for me now. <laughs> and it's just so, it's like, well, that's perfectly reasonable, Manny. Yeah. So the, uh, the, I guess the second thing that you need is you need tools for, um, uh, or no, I guess we can do Naranjas. 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 Cause he, um, uh, you can find him in the tattoo shop. Um, and what you need to do with him is, uh, um, is, uh, if you go into the club, you can find like the other club, the blue casket, which do you like the design of that club? I love the design of that club. It's like a, it's a, we've described, we've said before that it's like an art house Mm -hmm. club and there's like people like reading poetry with like French Berets. Yeah. If you've seen uh, an extremely goofy movie, this is very similar to the poetry art club on the campus in extremely goofy movie. Yes. Uh, I don't know why, like, in the 90s, that was a thing. I don't know, like, in I remember watching movies and TV shows growing up where they had people in berets in, like, poetry clubs, and they would read poems, and people would go to, to like, instead yeah. of clapping, you snap. And I think it's because people who grew up in the 60s we're now making movies and TV shows in the 90s. Yeah. And the 60s was really when those things were big. So they had a resurgence in popular culture, uh, which that's what I have to say about that. Moving it's on. A, it's a very, it's a cool club, but it, like no kid today would be like, oh, 
I get this. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this like some kind of smoking lounge? What is this? Yeah. It's like um, a hookah bar? It is. They do. You do get dirty hookah water. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, this is where you run into uh, into Nick, uh, who I described earlier with like the, the um, uh, who is the lawyer for Max, who is macking on his, on his girlfriend, and you mm-hmm. run into Lupe, who is... Uh, uh, who takes a photo of them kissing mm-hmm. that comes back later. Mm-hmm. Um, but you meet like the club owner and you can like read poetry with her. She doesn't have much to do really other than that. Cause like, um, there's no like interaction with her. She, she's not relevant to the story other than she is the mistress of, uh, the mob boss. No. Oh yeah. She is the mistress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, did, did you get to the, so when you're in her club, if you talk to her enough, you can uh, get her to read poetry. Did you yes. get to that part? And she, like, reads poetry, and she's like, uh, that's it. I'm not reading another poem. And then you can be like, how about another poem? And she's like, okay. And then it hard cuts to her yeah. up there. Like, she's just ready to read a poem. She, um, you you can talk to her, and she's like, it's not like this place is like a, 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 a temple made to worship me. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to read poetry. It's my club. Uh, yeah. That'd be so arrogant of me. But then you're like, why don't you read a poem? She's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. That's and after, uh, actually, you you can uh, find out, you know, she's she, she's really shallow. And, yeah. and uh, because if you read poems yourself, um, if you read like a short enough poem, and then you go up to her and you tell her to uh, read a a poem, uh, she'll, uh, read your poem mm-hmm. and yeah. then, uh, uh, she'll be like, uh, oh, like, um, she'll be like good artists, like, you know, uh, good artists borrow whatever, like right. I remixed it or whatever. Yeah, consider it a, a, an adaptation or a compliment. Yeah. 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 But that, that's a fun element too, is there's an open mic at this club and you can walk Manny up to it and it prompts you for a poem. It gives you like the I'd like to read a poem. And then it's the bongos, like the... Yeah. And you can just pick random dialogue for Manny to say. Yeah. Even he'll just be like, booty boot, scat boo. Or he'll be like, the longing, the pain. Uh, And it's funny. Despair. Yeah. And it's funny, especially because you can do that. And whenever you do, that's what the shallow poetry lady will say. Mm-hmm. So you can just say ridiculous shit and she'll go up and say the same thing. And it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you get to her reading the Grim Fandango poem? No. Yeah, if you talk to her enough, I don't know exactly how I activated it, but she goes up on stage and it triggers like a cutscene where, wow. yeah, she reads a poem and it's the it's about like two people in love, like going through this like uh, dance of life and death. And then at the end of it, uh, she says something like, uh, we encounter, or when will we end this grim fandango? Uh, you didn't get to that part? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not kidding. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. I was like, oh, that's a nice little Easter egg. Wow, okay. Um, I, did, I did look at the moon. Did you look at the moon? No, I didn't look at the moon. If you look at the moon, him and, um, uh, like, at the dock, the sea captain, him and the sea captain do, like, a, like a, a poem together. It's like, she shone like a light through the... And, and like, they... They do this really long poem together, 
He's like, and, and I knew that our heart would look like felt like bone or whatever. You know, it's it's mm. it's a famous poem, and I can't remember what the name of it is. Oh, it's like a real poem. Yes, wow. I'm fairly certain. I wonder if it's Robert Frost. Um, but it's 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 good, and like it's uh, it fits with like the the tone of the story. Well, yeah. So did I? So did the the poem that I read or that I encountered in the club yeah. as well. That that poem that you encountered didn't end with Grim Fandango? No. Okay, I wonder if it was the same poem, but it's not. It's not. Um, well, there's hidden stuff in this area. There's cool. even... Uh, you sent me a video of a little Easter egg where if you talk to Gladys the right way or do whatever... If you give him... Uh, we'll get to it eventually, but if you give him a uh, the tattoo... Um, uh, that you have to give to the tattoo artist. He, uh, like, if you give him that card, mm-hmm. he'll be like, uh, he'll be like, do you know what this means? And he'd be like, eh, but I don't even think you say anything. You just hand it to him. And he's like, Rusty Anchor, you mean like a song? <laughs> and then he sings a song. Oh, and it's, it's a really cute song. Yeah. Um, but so for, to get Naranjas, you go to this poetry club, you go, excuse me, you go in their back room and you get a turkey baster and then you get the turkey baster from the kitchen at the uh, club. Oh yeah, you're right at the at the cat club. Yeah, cat at the races. cat racing club. You get a turkey baster. You bring it to the art club. There's a sink full of hookah water that you see someone <laughs> drinks it and they they pass out. Well, you you see the the waiter and the waiter has a bunch of drinks yeah. and is like he's like you won't tell the people what is in the, like the secret ingredient for like the blue. Whatever drink, the famous. blue special. Yeah, whatever. and and then you uh, you walk out and you see somebody pass out. Yeah, from they, drinking uh, it. Yeah, okay. So then it's like, okay, I'm gonna take some of this because I need to get this Naranja's character out of the way. So this will make him pass out without yeah. killing him. Because because uh, Naranja's is drinking. Uh, he's getting a tattoo in the ta- a tattoo parlor, and he's drinking alcohol to make mm-hmm. himself. Uh, numb the pain. Right. And this is a part that is a good example of puzzles in these games yes. where it's like, okay, I have this liquid that can make people uh, become passed out. That can, This liquid that can knock people out. Yes. And here's a character that puts down a bottle, looks at their tattoo, then picks the bottle up and takes a drink from it. So it's like, okay, I have to spike their drink. I, I was pretty sure like as soon as I saw him, like, I have to do something with his drink. And then mm-hmm. I walked in there I was like, I have to put uh, the... Uh, the turkey baster and stuff into his thing because it'll knock him out. Yes. And that's exactly what you do. That's exactly what happens. The tattoo artist who has like a European accent, some kind of Russian or something, he's like, oh, he is best out. I'll put him on the bit. And you put him on a little uh, cot. Yeah, and he calls calls the sea captain and he's like, your man, he's passed out. I will like cut in then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he says, either him or the sea captain says some kind of line of like, what kind of sailor can't hold his drink or something yeah. like that. Uh, so then you go up to Naran has, at first I thought that was all you had to do with him, but you need to take his dog tags yeah. uh, and then you go to a coroner. It is funny that it's not just like, oh, he's passed out. He won't get on the boat in like the morning or later on the evening. Yeah, they would they just, just say he didn't show up. Yeah. You, you have to fake his death. You have to fake his death. <laughs> yeah. And you the way you do that is you go to this corner character who is also a very interesting character. He's just like morose. And, yeah. Uh, I like the way that he's like, you know, you're like, oh, what are you, uh, what, uh, like, why, why are you still here? And he's like, oh, like, we're all still here, you know. Yeah. And when you go here, like, to the, when you wind up in Rubicaba, you're like, 
you just stay here. Like anybody is here is given up, given up. Um, I like that he's like, uh, uh, he's like, I, I have a, I'm young at heart. I have a, I have a 12 year old boy's heart like over there like <laughs> yeah. in a case. And he's like, uh, I don't really, it's a, it's a coroner's joke. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, he's a funny character and it's, yeah. it's extra funny because you only need him for this one part. Yeah. And he's like this character that I feel like, uh, I mean, everybody in this town is like, because man, he's been here for a year. You can tell that they're like all friends and that they've like, hung out mm-hmm. and, like, you know, he's a business owner. So like, he's probably gone and got drinks with these people and right. serves them, you know? Yeah, everybody seems to know Manny. He has a nice, which is also a nice gimmick too. Maybe not gimmick, but just storytelling device because you don't have to like wait around for establishing dialogue and build relationships. When you start this chapter, Manny already knows everybody. There's yeah. nothing that needs to be established, which yeah. is nice. Um, and there are actually several instances in this chapter where you have to, oh, there's an, an entire area of this town that is really only for one yes. puzzle, which I like because it makes things feel bigger. It makes things less confused. If you had to do like five different things in each area, I think that would muddy the game further. I think like the cat race area, you have to do a lot other than that. Like, yeah, you don't really like the, like this area you take Naranja's uh, dog tags and you like uh, the, Coroner's like, I need to identify these bodies. Yeah, I don't, two bodies. I don't know whose bodies they are. I have to look for some sort of identification. So you take his the dog tags um, and you throw them on one of the bodies. And for here, were you like, what the fuck do I do now? Uh, no, I looked at a guy. Because <laughs> I, I remember back in the day, I was like, I need a, that metal detector that Carla has. There's a yeah. security guard in the, um, at the, there's like, at the very, very top, near like the 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 entrance to the um, uh, or like across the bridge, because people like come across the bridge to get to the cat races, and there's like a security guard there with like a metal detector, um, and it will. Uh, she has like a stand up one, like the one you use go through during at like an airport, and she has one in her hand. Do you know who she's played by? Uh, no, she's played by Pamela uh, Olden. Pamela Adlon? Adlon. Bobby Hill? Yeah. She's really? Bob, she's Bobby Hill. No way. Yes. That's odd. I couldn't even tell. Yeah. Wow. I, lo- I love Pamela Adlon. That's yeah. awesome. She's great. Um, See, great cast in this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. The commentary, they're like, she's a character. She had like a, like a fucking <laughs> car outside that like had a bunch of like weird decals on it. So I believe um, it. But she seems fun. I'd cast her in my game. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, and this character has a lot of personality, too, this, this security yeah. guard. Uh, but you have to get a metal detector from her because it's not enough that fucking the the guy, the coroner is examining these bodies. Just you threw a dog tag in there. You have to make sure that he has a way of finding yeah, the dog right. tag. It's like, okay. His job is looking at these corpses to find identifying things. Why would he... Yeah, it's, like it's, why? Why wouldn't he just be able to find this right away? They, I, I don't they know. needed a little bit extra for this part. I don't yeah, know. But, but you. So you have to get the metal detector from the security guard. In order to do that, you need to get Nick, the lawyer's. Uh, no. Yeah. You don't need that yet. Yeah, you do. The only thing you need here is 
You need the bottle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. From the uh, from if you go into your club, there's a bottle at the bar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's got gold flakes in it. Like, and he's like, uh, and you can take sips from it, and it'll be like ah. And um, uh, you can walk up to the stand-up metal detector, and uh, and Carla like has a big crush on you. Mm-hmm. She, uh, you flirt with her and like go up to her, and you'll be like, she's like, when are you gonna get off? And you know, you'd be like, you know, I'll, baby, I'll get off, you know, but, but, and, um, uh, she wants to strip search you yeah. really badly. Uh, but she's like, the only way that I can strip search you is if you, um, uh, if you, uh, go through the metal detector and then I still find something on you after you like get rid of everything out of your pockets mm-hmm. and I still find something on you. When uh, I use my handheld metal detector, so uh, if you drink the like alcohol with the gold flex in it, it will put metal in your body. Right. So so you you get metal detected, and you take empty your pockets. She metal detects you again, and you still buzz. So she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna strip search you. Let's go in the back." Yeah, and you're like, "Ooh, you're gonna fool around." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna have sex with the skeleton." <laughs> And instead, you go to the back room, and she's just explaining her life story. Yeah. <laughs> she's giving you a sob story, and, her, and the dialogue tree for this is like changing, <laughs> like every second. It's funny, and it's like generic stuff too. Like she's talking about, like maybe I should have listened to my mother. And you have like one second to push the option. That's like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Manny just like says generic things, and she's just like going on and on. Yeah. It's very it's, funny. It's very funny. And eventually she gets done with her story. It, you can listen to her. You can interrupt her. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just be like, can I get that metal detector? Yeah. Um, but if you listen to her whole story, she just ends up crying. <laughs> and you get an achievement for it. Yeah. It's really funny, though. Yeah. Because you're just like this poor woman. that <laughs> You're just using her. And you're like, you literally just say to her. And she's like, Manny, did you get just get me back here to get my metal detector? And you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the end of that. <laughs> she's like if you just want this damn metal detector you can have it and she throws it out the window into the kitty litter oh like yeah before mm-hmm. it's like like that that the whole sequence is really really funny yeah maybe that's why they put it in is because they had that idea yeah but uh yeah I, I thoroughly appreciated that yeah if you try to talk to her again she'll just be like hmm <laughs> <laughs> she won't say anything to you yeah <laughs> It's great. It's funny. Yeah. It's and, and that okay. So, with this game, like you know, we're saying there's there's areas that are only used for one specific part. Like you need yeah. to walk in there, do one interaction, and leave, and you never need to go back there ever again. Yeah. But every area has so much personality to it. Every area has so much staging and presentation, and like you know, lighting and setting and environment that like even though that this stuff is sort of like a one-use area or like a a function for just one scene, it really goes to show how much effort they put into adding that personality to this game. Like, it's not just you play something like King's Quest and it feels like there's no... Don't don't fucking come over here and tell me (laughs) King's Quest doesn't have good style. Fuck you. No, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) when you look at these games, you look at what items and environments and characters are functional for the game and how much of it is cosmetic kind of window dressing or like flavor. And this game has a lot of flavor. 
That's all I'm saying. Fucking King's Quest has an owl that goes like, oh, hello, and Jalo. Remember Jalo from King's Quest? Was it four? I don't remember. You don't remember Jalo? No. You're giving me shit about King's Quest, and you don't remember Jalo? I played King's. There's Quest. entire YouTube channels dedicated to Jalo. You don't remember Jalo? <laughs> no. Oh my god! I'll send you shit. After this, but anyway, so you get the metal detector, you give it to the coroner. He says, "Oh, I found some dog tags." And he calls the sea captain. Did you? No, but did you get the? Did you like the 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 sequence where you have to get the metal detector out of the? Oh litter? yeah, I mean that was easy. Mm-hmm. Again, more flavor. Like you go down there, you have to get your scythe, and you have to fish it out of a, a big a literal pool of kitty litter. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I don't know. I felt like I was like, I have to take out, I have metal, so the metal on me. I bet I can use that to, mm-hmm. to sense the metal. You use, mm-hmm. you're doing the opposite of metal detecting by using metal to detect the metal detector. Yeah. It's, it's a fun twist. It's clever. Yeah, and it takes place right by cat shit too. Yeah. So <laughs> that was fun. But anyway, you were saying about the dog tags. Oh yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that part was funny. Uh, but you put the dog tags, you give the metal detector to the coroner, he finds the dog tags on the corpse, and he calls the sailor captain and says, I'm sorry, but your seaman died. <laughs> and this captain's like, oh my god. He's like, Manny, I don't, I don't know if you even want this job now, given the circumstances, but Naranjas is dead. And Manny's like, oh, well, man, that's rough. Maybe I don't want it, but... I guess I'll take it. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Uh, and so the last thing you have to do is get tools for Gladys and then convince Gladys to get on the boat. In order to get the tools, you need to start a, a union revolution. Yeah. You, uh, you. So there's some sea bees at the dock. and They're, they're literally bees. Yeah, they're literally bees. And early on when you talk to the sea captain, he's like, hey, like you should... Uh, uh, you should get these these specific tools from CBs. So you walk up to CBs and you're like, "Hey, I need your tools." Uh, and they're like, "We're not working uh, because uh, I, I don't remember the reason why." Anyway, they're like, "We're not working. Uh, um, uh, we can't like go home to celebrate Day of the Dead. Uh, if only there was some way that we could organize to like not." be like just sitting here doing nothing we gotta we gotta do something but i don't know what like i can't put my finger on it yeah and if you go into the club the blue casket you can find some guys because it's an art house club there's some guys that are very clearly communists (laughs) um and they're uh they're um sitting there with uh there's a red book uh, the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> I mean, it's not. But it's it's it like is. called like organizing your people like to uh, to seize the means of production. Yeah, well, that's what the bees were saying. Like, if only we had some way to seize the seize the means of of something. I don't know the words. And I was like, oh, okay, they need yeah. to form a union. And it's uh, um, uh, you you have to you have to take that that book. But the guys at the club, they're like, you're such a square, Manny. You can't, like, and they're doing, like, lingo. And he's like, I don't know what, I, he's like, uh, I, I don't know how I can get this book. At first, it was like, do I have to read a poem for them? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I remember reading poems, and I'm like, I can't remember if, like, if I read a poem that's good enough for them. They'll be like, hey, you're cool. We'll give you this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you, uh, you actually need to go into your office 
and you have a um, you have a a memo from Sal from your buddy in the revolution uh, because you know you're still like basically working for him, mm-hmm. and he's been communicating with you. He like tells you about the pigeons, like how they're doing, how Ava's doing, whatnot. Um, uh, and you have to show it to these guys at the club because. You gotta prove you're not square. Right. He, you, you give him this, and you prove you're cool. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're actually like you're a secret agent. You're a secret, secret man. And he's, and you, you, I'm part of the revolution. Yeah. You yeah. give it to him, and they're like, they're like, whoa. They're like, whoa. I didn't realize you were cool. Yeah. And you say like, yeah, you know, I didn't want to talk about it because. Uh, it's kind of underground. They're like, wow, far out, man. Yeah. And if you notice his lingo then changes. To, yeah. He's like, he's like, catch you later, cats. And something. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Actually. Uh, so after that point, the communist art house dudes like you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you read a poem before you talk to them, they hiss at your poem. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to them and then read a poem, then they snap at it and cheer you on. Nice. So you win them over. Yeah. That's um, cool. But yeah. And then when you show them that memo, they give you their book. Yeah. And then you bring the book to the bees and the bees, the guy's like, Oh yeah, this is what we need. We need to control the means of production. <laughs> and as soon as you do that, a, uh, the police chief, Walks by, he's like, you're seizing the what? <laughs> he's, he's just like, oh, you're forming a union? You're under arrest? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, nice and uh, topical with 2022. Honestly, watching this, I was like, man, I, I don't want the real world in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, Amazon's going to come to get us. Yeah, I was, I was like, Officer Bezos over here arresting these bees. Yeah. Officer Bezos. Yeah. But uh, so the bee gets arrested and he's in jail and he needs a lawyer. Yeah. Wait, what does it have to do with his tools? I guess you just need to pursue this with the bee so you can get his tools. Yeah. But yeah, you're like, he's like, I need a lawyer to get out of jail. Um, So you go back to Nick. Yeah. At the club. He's just sitting in the lounge in the VIP lounge, just Mm -hmm. smoking and doing tax forms. Looking cool. Yeah. Um, And he's, uh, uh, he's got a cigarette case, um, and I don't really know why you need it. I just remember you needed it. Like, were you ever like, oh, yeah, I needed this? Because, like, there's no... The way that, the reason why you need it is because there's a key in it. Mm-hmm. And the key leads to a lighthouse where Lupe is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, but there's no, like, hint. There's no, like, hint. Because she runs off with the picture of Nick. Mm-hmm. But there's no, like... There's no, like, hint. There's no person. She doesn't, like, send you a message. Like, a pigeon doesn't fly down and say, like, help me, Manny. Like, I'm trapped in this lighthouse. Mm -hmm. It's locked. Right? There's just a lighthouse out, like, in the middle of the, like, CB area that's locked. And it's... I don't know if there's a note on it or what. The the hint that you need to get the key from Nick is um, when you first start talking to Nick, he pulls a cigarette out. And the key falls out of his cigarette case. Oh, really? And he looks down at the key, looks at you, and then slowly reaches down to pick it up and put it back in. So it tells you that there's a key in Nick's okay. cigarette case. I don't always look at my screen when I play games. Sometimes <laughs> sure. I'm like on my phone listening. That's so. yeah. That's fair. Uh, well, I mean, and in your defense too, 
you don't know what the key is for. Like, the lighthouse is locked, but there are other areas. Like, there's a gate that leads nowhere that you can never unlock. That yeah. If you talk to it, um, Manny will just be like, it's locked. And I tried the key there first. Yeah, he uh, just says, it doesn't lead anywhere. I don't, you know, we use it for blah, 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 you know. Right. Uh, yeah, Gladys can open it. He's the only one I've ever been able to see open it. Yeah. So, um, you know that you need the key. And when you... I forget how you get it from Nick. So you, the way that you get it from Nick is you talk to Nick and you're like, I need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, he's like, okay. Uh, and you're basically buttering him up. You're basically like, I need a lawyer. I need the best lawyer, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think eventually, uh, you, uh, you need to say like, I need a lawyer because, uh, I have dirt on you. Um, so you better be my lawyer cause I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to tell Max about you and like his girlfriend. Right. I'm going to rat you out. Yeah. And and, oh like, yeah. I think you do that. And then he says that will never happen, but I need to go talk to Max. Yeah. And then he gets up, right? Yes. Leaving his cigarette case unattended, which you grab, you go to the lighthouse, use the key on the lighthouse. No, you can't get it out. You can't get out the key right away. You're like. How do I get out oh, of this, yes. this yeah. out of the, so he's like, there's something in here, but I don't know how to get it out. So if you go upstairs to the, um, uh, to the, uh, to Carla, to the security guard and you, you walk up, uh, to her with the cigarette case and you're like, Hey, I found this. She's like, what is it? And you have like a few different options. You can be like, it's like a makeup case. And she's like, Oh, like, okay. Like we can use it. Like when she's not pissed at you, you can be like, Oh, well, you know, thank you so much for the gift. Like I can use it like after I'm done with my shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you have to say to her is you have to be like, I found it on your desk. Some shady looking guy put it there. Yeah. And <laughs> she's like, it's a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and she throws it into a little detonation thing. And then it blows up. And you get a key out of it. You you literally, I think, dig the key out of, like, ash and dust. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it is funny. And that's the last time you see the security guard lady. Yeah. Um, but you do go to that lighthouse. And what did you think of this scene? This it was, was very, sad. It was very, uh, it's very noir. Yeah, super noir. Uh, you go in the lighthouse and the uh, lady who took the picture of the affair. Lupe. Lupe. Is, uh, she's turning into flowers. She's dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say, Lupe. And she's like, uh, Nick, Nick sprouted me. Yeah. And oh. she's, uh, she's your, she's like your friend. Like, she's like, I think you even, when you walk up into the, in the, like the club, you're like talking to her and she's like, oh, um, you know, uh, you're, you shouldn't mess around with like Max and blah, blah, blah. Like, you have, like, a rapport with her, you know, like you were saying, like, everybody knows each other mm-hmm. in this town, and, like, you, like, are legit friends, like, you're trying to be, like, looking out for her, so she's just, this is, like, her end, and she dies here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, and it's it's sad. He's, he's like, I think they, she even says, uh, you know, I had a thing for you at one point. You think mm-hmm. you ever would have had a chance? Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Manny, like, doesn't respond. He just kind of, like, looks away, like, uh, I don't know. And then she's like, whatever. And, uh, you know, I hid that photo when, where uh, Nick will never find it. And he, Manny's trying to be like, tell me where the photo is. But then he dies. Yeah. Uh, so she, leaves, uh, she leaves 
like a, a thing with like a tongue, like a twenty-two, and like a something, some other word on it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's very cryptic. Yeah. Um. Uh. But it and I, I. But that scene's cool because like it, it's like lit really well. Um. Mm-hmm. Like the moon is shining. It's on a lighthouse. It's 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 like seaside noir yeah, almost the, the the when she dies like the flowers like fl- like get whisked away on the wind mm-hmm. you know it's like oh man yeah it's it's very uh very iconic a scene with vision for sure not yeah. that the rest of the game has a lot of vision but this one in particular is like oh wow this is it was building to this yeah. um um anyway uh we're talking about so lupe dies lupe's death and you get a little thing what do you did you know what to do right away with that? Uh, no, I, I needed a hint. I looked at a guide. <laughs> I did remember because I had talked to the coat check lady like really early on, mm. um, and the commentary had like a really memorable thing about her because she's based on like a character at Tim's uh, office. He was like, "I really like this character. She's like me. She's very organized and she's whatever and blah 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 blah." I was like. I think I have to take this back to her, I think. Quick question, not to be too tangential, but was her voice, the voice of this coat check girl character, was it like artificially pitched up? I don't know. It sounded artificially pitched up to me, like just slightly. I don't know. She has a very like high pitched voice that's very like happy and like, yay, mm-hmm. like I get to do all this stuff now, yeah. cool. Which um, it wasn't irritating. I just was like, it sounds altered, but I, yeah. I couldn't tell. And she, uh, uh, she early on, if you talk to her, she's like, uh, maybe not early on. You can just do it whenever. Uh, she'd be like, oh, uh, I have this really cool system to check in all the coats. Uh, and do you do you want to hear about my system? And you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> she'll like start to go over it with you. And then Manny will check out and start like looking over. Again, nothing. Yeah. And she'd be like, Manny, you're not even listening. <laughs> and be like, no, I was listening. And she'd be like, I'm not even going to tell you anymore. Yeah, I really want to hear about it. And then if you try to talk to her about it again, she'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, But she says in those interactions, too, like, someone lost a ticket or there's a coat here without a ticket or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, a missing ticket. And uh, Lupe has the ticket. So you bring the ticket to the coat check, girl. Uh, she says, yay, here's your coat. She's, like, super excited. She's like, yay, yeah, I finally si- get to tell you about my system. Right. And, and like, she's like, this loose end in my system has been has been closed off. And she- I, I like, too, they play, like, music underneath when she finally gets <laughs> to show you. Yeah. If you notice that, it's, like, very upbeat, like, music for her, mm-hmm. like, getting excited. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Um, I, like, all the characters in this game are just memorable. Like, mm-hmm. you only interact with them once. But they have a nice little memorable moment or some kind of something about them that makes them uh, worth remembering. Yeah. Uh, she gives you a coat. You search the coat. It's Lupe's coat. She's Lupe's like, why, why do you, Manny, why do you need like a women's coat? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just very uh, nonchalantly. Uh, and then from that coat, you get uh, a racing ticket, right? Uh, you get the tattoo. Uh, that you, uh, the rusty anchor tattoo. Right, yes. You get like a piece, a piece of paper and you're like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go up to uh, the tattoo artist who's right now on the phone, if you walk up to him, 
and you like interact with uh, his like tattoo book, he'll like you can look in th- into it or like ask him about it. I think maybe after Naranhas has been like pronounced dead, yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, you can walk up to his book and then ask him about like, oh, like there's these designs in it. And then one of them is a rusty anchor. Mm-hmm. So you can give him that paper then. That's the hint to give him the paper. And then he'll be like, ah, yes, like I know this design. Let me just find it in my book. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he then finds the uh, thing, the, t- the tattoo in his book, uh, and it leads to a photo. And this was the photo that I described way earlier on with the ticket that you have to print of the cat race, like photo finish. Before he gives you the photo, he says, uh, I gave this tattoo to Lupe. She's great. Tell Lupe that, uh, you know, she's like a daughter to me. Tell her that Papa tattoo artist says hi. And then, uh, it's like, oh, Manny's like, yeah, I'll tell her. And yeah, it's like, oh, sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get that photo. And then from here, you need to solve the mystery of, Way earlier, you get a ticket forging machine from yeah. the dude who gives you the fake union pass. Yeah. And you've had it, at least for me, I had it, like, the entire level. Yeah. And I was like, like, I don't know what to do with this. But then you get this picture. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I need to, I have the information that I need to print a fake ticket to bring to the ticket counter to get, uh, it's like the winning ticket. And they say, no, it's a, it's a photo finish. Like basically what you're doing is you're saying like, uh, or you're, um, uh, the, the, what you would get is if you handed that off, that would show the photo. Right. Uh, uh, like if once you handed your ticket, you would be like, Oh, here's my ticket. You would get a photo of the photo finish. Right. And then you'd be able to determine, I made a bet on that cat. So I won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, but you, and you do that. It's been swapped with the Nick photo. Yes. So when you when you present the ticket counter with that, you have the opportunity to swap the photos, and then you get the photo of Nick smooching on the art house poetry yeah. lady. Did you like the the bit with like the ticket counter guy, where he's like, that guy was weird. <laughs> yeah, because the. The whole time you're interacting, there's two ticket counters, like two tick two places yeah. where you get uh, your tickets counted. And you talk to one guy, and he's like, "We only sell the kitten hats on Tuesday. Fuck off!" And then you talk to the other guy, and he's like, "Hey, do you have a ticket for me?" And uh, when you get your ticket, those guys are done, so you walk out, and the ticket counter is like, "Huh, that guy seemed kind of weird." And then at the other side. The other ticket counter comes out and says, I think he was up to no good, which up to that point you thought they were the same character or you're supposed to think that. But then in there it's revealed uh, that they're two different characters that look exactly alike. Yeah. It's essentially the same joke from Hot Fuzz. If you remember that joke in Hot Fuzz? No. There, there's that same joke in Hot Fuzz. Uh, if you know it, you know it. If you don't, that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. I don't uh, remember that. Anyway. Um but yeah, you give that photo to Nick, and you uh, uh, can then get the CB out of jail. Did you go into 
Max's office at that point and talk to him and tell him that he's being cheated on? No, I regret. I, I had the photo and I was like, cool, I can solve this puzzle. I wish I would have talked to Max. I wish I, I, wish I would have talked to the art house poetry lady because I didn't talk to either of them. What happens if you show the photo to Max? I didn't show the photo to Max because I just had it and I was like, oh, this solves a puzzle. Mm-hmm. But I did go, you can go up to, to Max and you can be like, hey, uh, you're being cheated on. Nick's cheating. Uh, Nick uh, is like two timing you with your girlfriend, and he's like, uh, he's like, you should say things, that, or you shouldn't say things that might, you know, get you blah blah blah. And then uh, if you keep ta- uh, talking to him, and he's like, he's like, Manny, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. He's basically like, he's like, I, he's like, I, you shouldn't make me angry. I, he probably, it's probably one of those situations where he's like. I know, but I'm yeah. like... You know. I'm not going to confront the reality. Yeah. I'm just shut up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's another thing. I want to go back and look at, like, all the Easter eggs mm-hmm. for these, this area. And just, just look at, like, a complete playthrough of everything that I might have missed. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even go into the jail to get the guy out of jail. Because I had done the Nick stuff early on. Because I had gotten the key. So, like, as soon as soon as soon as the bee got arrested, I was like... Oh, I need to get him out of jail. I need a lawyer. I already know where the yeah. lawyer that I need. Yeah, that's and that's what you do. You show Nick the photo, and then it's just a cut scene of the bee out of jail. Yeah. And uh, Manny and Nick have a little interaction where uh, Manny punches Nick, and he says, like, that's for Lupe or whatever. No, he says, like, that was for something else. I can't remember what he says. He's like, uh, he's like, was that for Lupe? And he's like, no, it was, it was cause of blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think that he's like, you're going to get what's coming to you for Lupe. Well, I think he says like, I punched you just cause you're generally a douche. Yeah. He says like, you're just a jerk. That's for you being you. Uh, and then yeah, Lupe will, will come your way later. Sorry. Which is I'm, cool. My face looks weird right now. No, you're fine. Sorry about that. No. Um, and then, uh, Wait, yeah, then... Then it's kind of like, well, now what do I do? Because I have the tools, because you can go down to the CBs, and you go up to the, um... Uh, you go up to the tools, and you can click on them, and it'll just be like... Because uh, all the worker bees have thrown their tools on the ground, because they're you know, they're yeah, going to yeah, yeah. unionize. They're striking. They're striking. Uh, and they've thrown them down, and if you walk up to them, you're just like... Uh, I'm not going to take these. Like Gladys will get these when he goes on the boat and you're like, okay, what do I, Oh, now what Gladys is, <laughs> I thought he would just get on the, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Gladys is a degenerate right now and, and stuck betting, uh, um, at the, you know, he's not stuck. He's just like, I can quit anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's super drunk and you're just like, Okay, well, now I got to get my pal out of being a, a drunk. Yeah, I was not expecting to have to do this, so that was funny. Yeah, that was, it's very funny. Like, if you walk up to Gladys, he's like, his, like, eyes are changing, uh, different, uh, sizes every so often. And he's like, he's like getting pissed off at you because <laughs> he just wants to be left alone where he can keep, uh, keep gambling. <laughs> and, um, uh, I don't even know. Again, this is what I'm like. Where does the money come from? Because if you walk up to... You can go to Max and you can be like, you have to cut off Claudius. Like, I need him to go on the boat. And he's like, uh, no. Like, uh, he's going to keep 
betting for as long as he wants to, and he put your place up to, for collateral, so, you know, fuck you. <laughs> um, and you're like, <laughs> oh, um, okay. <laughs> and the only, uh, again, I didn't figure that I had to do this, but you have to get your own club shut down. Yeah. That's the solution yeah, to this, so. to this, to cut off Gladys. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, you're co-owner. So as long as here, he is, co- he's co-owner. So as long as it's open, he, I'm going to keep him going. He has, he has credit. He has yeah. collateral, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> cause early on I ran into the, if you walk into the club or if you, Walk up to your office on your desk. You can hit a button, and it comes up with like a uh, uh, a machine that will that has a magnet that will stop the roulette table. Mm-hmm. So you've rigged the roulette tables. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. that's pretty funny. Manny is the protagonist. He's he's likable, but then he does stuff like that. That's like, huh? I didn't I I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah. So. Um, so he's like, ah, well, guess I have to shut down my own club. Have to make it very obvious that it's rigged so that the cop (laughs) will come and shut it down. But it's funny because, uh, the way that this is presented is you can go down into, uh, the casino area and you have like your own, like, I love the way that the, the, the guy who runs the tables is like talking. He's like, uh, he's like speaking, uh, French and like very, Put, uh, put together and mm-hmm. like running the tables very well. It's like, Madame and Monsieur, you know, final bets, please. Yeah, and it's it's an audio clip that plays a couple times, so you do get to know the cadence of it very well. Yeah. Um, but you actually just don't really need to do anything with like the table to like, like, well, do I need to do I need to make sure that it like lands on whatever? Like, what you know, is it complicated? No, if you talk to the police chief because he's sitting and betting. He's like, you know, I, uh, um, uh, he expects to win that night. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he, he's always betting on two black or something. Uh, so you just have to spin the table, um, and there's three tables and you just have to control it so that on his specific table, you, uh, freeze it early. Yeah. So uh, it can land on any number. Mm-hmm. And but, then he'll realize that it's rigged. I, I don't even think he realizes it's rigged. I think he just gets so pissed off. Lost. <laughs> yeah, I think like, that is it. Yeah, like the you when you when you stop it, not on two. Um, he he's like he starts talking to the um, uh, to the guy running the table, and he's like, he's like, what did it land on? And he's like, uh, fifteen red. <laughs> and he's like, no, go over it again. And he's like, uh. 15 red, sir. Yeah. He's like, all right, that's it. Fuck you. This place is shut down. He's like, uh, I've, I've, he's like, you know, I've, I've, I've been too nice to, to Manny for too long. And then he gets all the cops to come in and, and it's shut just, you down. This fucking cop, he saw workers going on strike and arrested them. And then he lost at poker. So he closed down the club. He's just like a huge jackass. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the joke that I got. I don't know if that's what the joke is. It might be what you said, and that he realizes that it rigged. But I think the tone of it to me was that he's like, "I'm just mad that I lost." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On top of everything, yeah. Um, so that gets the club shut down, and that gets Gladys 
Because of that, you see the mob boss guy from the kit, the cat bedding. He kicks him out. Right. He he says, like, oh, the club shut down? Well, his collateral's no good. And then Clannis is, like, drunkenly, you know, I can, I have money or whatever. Like, begging him to stay in the club. Yeah. Uh, and that's the last task you need to do. Yeah, you, uh, you end up, you're like, uh... Like, I had to cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> you t- uh, tell that to Gladys. You're like, we're going to leave. We're, we're, we're getting you on a boat. I'm going on a boat. We got to follow Maycham. And, uh, yeah, you, you get on the boat. And that's that's the end of this. You go on to year three. Yeah. And that's, again, it cuts to another year later. You spend a year on this fucking boat. Did you notice he grabs the mop again? To get on the boat? When he's on the boat, it cuts. It's hit, or it's it's uh, it's him on the boat, and he's mopping the floor of the boat, oh, and wow. it zooms out, and then it zooms back in, and it's and right. it's it's morning uh, on the boat, uh, and he's captain on the boat, and I'm like, he did it again. Yeah, he worked his way up. Yep. And that that was immediately I was like, okay, the boat had a captain. So what happened? I want to know what happened. Yep. Uh, you get an update from the Freedom Fighters again. A little pigeon is there. He's like, "Don't go to the uh, to the port because you're gonna get you're gonna get got." Yeah, actually, he's the captain, and one of the shipmates comes up to him, and he's like, "Captain, uh, there's some inspectors here that want to inspect our boat." And uh, man, he's like, "Go ahead, let him. We have nothing to hide." And then the Freedom Fighter pigeon comes and says, uh, "Don't let anyone inspect your boat because they're gonna they're gonna get you." Yeah, and then chapter three starts. Yeah. Year three, and that's the uh, that's the end of the podcast episode because uh, we're gonna do three and four next week. Yeah, but uh, uh, I don't what do you think, think it so far. I like this game. It's really nice. It's chill. It's simple. It's not too stressful because I'm playing it at a leisurely pace using uh, a walkthrough unabashedly. Um. I'll send you the universal hint system. We'll see if that, like, maybe works for you for being like, okay, like, I just want to get a little hint here. Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like this game, and I'm glad we're playing it because I might not have played it otherwise. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I think it's fun. I, I I think the big takeaway is Manny has a very relaxing voice, and he's a very likable character. Yeah. So, my predictions uh, for the ending of the game or the next part is I think there's going to be some kind of reveal with uh, Michi uh, or Meche that she's not some like helpless lady that needed Manny or something. I think there's going to be some kind of, uh, you know, she's going to be like, I didn't need you. Fuck you or something like that. I actually don't remember the story of this game. I remember areas and I remember a couple scenes, but I do not remember the end of this game like at all you know what was interesting i was doing a little bit of reading about this game uh i didn't want to read too much because we're not done with it yet but yeah. just skimming the opening of the wikipedia article for this game they said it's often considered one of the greatest games of all time yeah which is weird um because i guess we didn't really talk about this but like point and click adventure games for the like back in the day they were the big games. Yeah. Like now, uh, in like probably like the you know the early two thousands, it was like platformers, and then once you get to like the Xbox three sixty area era, it was like um, it was shooters. 
And then, uh, you know, you get to PS4, PS, uh, Xbox One, and it's like big open world RPGs um, and adventure games, like action adventure games. Um, uh, and that's kind of like where it is still. Um, but like, you know, the 90s, it was really point and click adventure games. That was the that was the genre that was like, hey, if you want to make like a big hit, mm-hmm. like this is your triple A game. For whatever reason, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how or why, but those really, I mean, growing up, uh, even as a kid, I had point and click adventure games like uh, Freddy Fish and Pajama Sam and yeah. Putt and Spy Fox. Um, so yeah, that was a big genre for a while, and it's crazy that they're really. They're a niche genre now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a lot of demand for this kind of game. No. I mean, that was with when Double Fine made their adventure Kickstarter, which turned into their game Broken Age. That was their big pitch. was like, nobody's making adventure games anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody, uh, nobody wants to, like, fund them because they don't sell, because they're super niche. So we're going to do a Kickstarter because, you know, then we can target our audience directly. And uh, now you see them come up every so often. There's actually, like, quite a few of them on, like, Steam. There's, mm-hmm. like, a good good amount of them that isn't just, um, you know, like, um, like almost, like, Fallout-ish or, like, CRPGs, which is mm-hmm. kind of, like, another genre that's, that's made a resurgence. Well, um, the point-and-click adventure games had a bit of a resurgence in the mid-20-teens with uh, the Telltale games. Yeah, um, kind of with them and kind of with, uh, um, uh, I know that they didn't really take off, but there's stuff like the Deponia games and uh, the Raven and... uh, like Sherlock Holmes and like the Book of Unwritten Tales. Mm-hmm. Well, even some of those games. King, King's Quest had a, a new adventure game. Oh, yeah, I played uh, all those, and those are those are more like this, where they're like a three D like walk around an area as a character game. Right. I would say that like more so with like Deponia and like Book of Unwritten Tales. Those are like just straight up like two D uh, walk around an area by pointing on something and going to it. And then solve like a weird puzzle. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing about Deponia is that they're very. Uh, I, I liked the first few games, and it became very clear to me as I played them that I was like, "Oh, these are very, not, uh, not very." I mean, I guess the word would be PC, but they are very like. They're made by a, I think, an Eastern European company, uh, Datalik. Mm. Um, and like, uh, the protagonist of that, it's supposed to be, uh, a joke, but their protagonist Rufus is like played as like a guy who's like supposed to, or he's like a lays about do nothing sexist asshole. Um, but that's like the joke. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, the first game his he finds a woman, like an android name and her name is goal. So it's like meta in that way. I was like, uh, like as a kid, I like still was like, okay. And I rolled my eyes at it. But like, um, as I kept playing it, I was like, these are like good. Like the, and then in the, the last game in the, at least the latest game in the franchise, there's a pretty bad, uh, origin story to a trans character Mm -hmm. about how they become trans Mm -hmm. or had their realization. And it's like, 
oh, this is transphobic as fuck. When and did it that, really turned me off. When did those games come out? Or when did that game come out? Uh, I think that's uh, Deponia Doomsday, which is, I think, it's pretty recent. I think, I want to say it's like 20... 17 like like last five years yeah okay huh. well yeah that's surprising yeah it is uh 2016 okay yeah well i mean not every adventure game can be a big hit not every adventure game can be particularly fun or memorable but yeah. they're they're very they're they're a, a unique sort of presentation of a game yeah um i would say they're they're like Puzzle games is the closest. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah genre I would put them in, but it's tough because they're not. It's like dialogue-driven puzzle games is mm-hmm. essentially what they are, like environmental storytelling puzzle games. Yeah. Um, There's been a few others that I would I would recommend, but I won't get into them. So we could talk about them next episode, maybe. Yeah. Would you um, say Grim Fandango? I know we're only halfway through it, but is this? Uh, one of the top five puzzle, uh, point and clicks that people should play. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I, I haven't played Day of the Tentacle because I know Day of the Tentacle can be a, uh, um, pretty difficult because I think it is very similar to King's Quest where there are fail states mm-hmm. um, if you just forget some stuff, um, and also it's one of those games where you have to type into like a dialogue box like. Look, you know, the right get thing, item, you know, yeah. blah blah blah. Um, and uh, I haven't played Full Throttle. I think I have Full Throttle. I think I bought it on uh, on PS4. Mm. Um, I haven't played it, but um, out of the ones that I've played, uh, and I've played quite a few, this is this is up there. Um, I'm really glad that they were able to go back and and remaster this and make it available. Yeah, so. I mean, especially if it didn't sell well when it first came out. Yeah, I hope it did well for them in the in the after. So I, I mean, remastering is is one thing that's nice about it is you take a pre existing game and you port it to a new console, which I'm assuming is minimally involved in most cases, and then it's essentially a pre made game that you're releasing again and getting a whole new uh, you know profit for. So I do hope that at this point it's been profitable for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If nothing else, I mean, they had to get the rights from Disney. Yeah, but so I mean, hopefully that I, I don't think that costs them an arm and a leg. But yeah, I, number one, it's a, it's an IP that no one cares about yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, Disney had no has no reason to hang on to it, and Tim Schafer's not a nobody, so he could you know talk to some people. I'm sure to be like, hey, let me buy my game. Yeah, and they and the nice thing about. Uh, Double Fine in recent years is they've been able to go back and I think they own everything that they that they have wanted to nice. at this point. Like they've gotten Grip Fandango, they got the rights to uh, to Full Throttle, they got the rights to I think Maniac Mansion um, and Day of the Tentacle, um, and those two got re- remastered. And I think they uh, uh, got the rights to Brutal Legend, which I know were were pretty wrapped up pretty tight because that mm-hmm. was owned by EA and that was like their last like we're going to make a triple a game, you know? Right. And then after that, they were like commercial failure, you know, we're done with making like triple a games. Yeah. I remember that game not selling too well. Yeah. Despite it had a lot of marketing behind it. The marketing was not kind to it because it marketed it as like an action game. And even Tim Schafer has said that he's like, I don't know why they did that. Cause this was like an RTS like a part. Yeah. No, so. I, I saw some gameplay and I, I thought, um, brutal legend was going to be like a, 
like a, a beat em up or like a brawler, but yeah. it, it was not it's based not. on gameplay. It's not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 part that, and especially the opening areas are like that. And there's like an open world that you can like drive around in um, and like defeat enemies. But like when you get into the meat of it, it's all about like the the RTS battles and even like the uh, Tim Schafer will have days. Uh, not days. He has a day like every year. I don't remember what it's called. It's called like Burr Legend Day or something, mm-hmm. where he goes and plays it online with uh, with people who want to play. It. Oh, it's so, it, it, it had online capability. Yes. Wow. So it had like a versus mode as the different factions. Wow. Yeah. That's we talked about this uh, one or two episodes ago, but it makes me sad that games that were meant to have an online just by time passing the online just completely dissipates and you can't play it ever again someday there that uh i i have a i have an overwatch disc on disc there and someday those servers will get shut down and i'll be completely useless yeah suddenly uh which is which is a bummer in a weird way yeah it's like if you can't ever watch a movie with a crowd of people ever again yeah so but yeah so we'll finish up grim fandango yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends because it's been a very interesting plot so far. Yeah, it's a nice noir story. Um, yeah, I got a. Uh, well, we can end here. Uh, do you have anything to promote? Uh, no, uh, I think uh, everyone should play Grim Fandango if you can. We're only halfway through it, but I'm already find it for fairly cheap. You yeah, probably find it on sale for like five bucks or something. Mm-hmm. I, I will say um, it's not on disc anywhere. But I don't think unless you go out and find a copy that's old <laughs> for a PC, and then I, you might need special software to run it. Yeah, uh, maybe it's not on Steam, is it? It is on Steam. Okay, well there you go. The remaster version. That'd so. be the perfect way to play it. Um, because it's not, I don't think it's a DOS game. It's like a, it's you know, a Microsoft game, oh. like a Windows game. You know, so if you went back and like found the disc, you'd have to find like Windows ninety eight, right? To go yeah. run it, the very specific Windows. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't say too. Uh, our friend Christine was uh, playing this game, watching me play this game, mm-hmm. uh, and she was getting into it and having a good time. So I think it's a pretty universally appealing game. I, I think good. it's it's almost like a a. a Pixar-y in that way, where it just kind of has like a compelling story and characters and setting. Um, so yeah, I I think this this would be a, a good game to play if you're looking for something relaxing and funny. Yeah, um, and uh, so uh, I guess I, I have something to promote. Uh, I should have done it last week, but we, I think we were both like exhausted. <laughs> um, but uh, even though we've been going for three hours this time, I think we're both like yeah, pretty see, good together. Not like this time when we're both, you know, at the peak of energy. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel tired, but I, uh, you know, I think that's because we've taken breaks. Um, but, uh, um, uh, I wrote for unwinnable again. Uh, this time I, my piece is not available online for free. Uh, if you want to read it, uh, I wrote about, uh, uh, Disney's, Marvel's, MCU, and uh, their weird problem that they've now created with Kane the Conqueror, and I kind of related that to like Kingdom Hearts and their problem that they created with uh, Birth by Sleep and like Xehanort and whatnot, and the weirdness that that kind of creates for yourself. So uh, you can read that uh, by going to Unwittable and buying their September issue. Hmm. It's like five bucks. So throw them some money because they do a really good zine and enjoy some of the other 
uh, pieces that people have written about in there. Cool. I look forward to doing that. Yep. Um, so, uh, that's it. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter or email us, I didn't check the email this week. Uh, it's, uh, Twitter is, uh, uh, I always forget it. It's podcast or podcast underscore pixel. And, uh, the email is infinite pixels podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and then, uh, follow me on Twitter at ironheart1183. And Ryan, do they, do you want to follow the, the, the people to follow you or no? I'll promote it another time. I'll promote my Twitter. Go get on his YouTube and watch his videos. Yeah, it's yeah. sometime. You'll figure it out we'll if you want to do that. If not, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to go and uh, uh, go eat some pie. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Right now. Uh, I'm, I'm opening my mouth. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> he like whips it out of his out of his mouth. Uh, the the uh, the audio spiked on that from our oh, laughing. Sorry. <laughs> Just watch Sean Hannity vape. <laughs> I probably won't keep this in, but that was funny. <laughs> just his son is like, oh fuck, his oh shit moment. It's pro- I wonder if it's cheaper than cigarettes at this point. Uh, I mean, you can refill a vape. I don't know. It looked like he was using one that wasn't refillable, though. I mean, a, what's a, a single-use vape is probably. I don't know. I don't. I don't smoke cigarettes, so it's a single-use vape is probably what, like five bucks. Yeah, and a pack, I don't know because pack of I, cigarettes is like three fifty. I know that they sell them at like gas stations, but I don't know how much they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. We'd have to ask people who vape. One of our friends. Yeah, all of our friends vape. We're the only two that don't. Yeah, everybody. Aren't we? Our our friend group chat is called um, Dis- Vaping Discussion. Smokers Lounge. Smokers Paradise. Yeah.